Hello and welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about the 2019 science fiction epic, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, also known as the greatest Star Wars film ever made. <laughs> Moving done on. It. We've done it. We did we, it. We hit 100 episodes and now we can do the real movies. Oh, finally. Oh, it feels so good. Is there um, a better way to spend our 101st episode? There is actually, and it's spending it with a friend. Yes. Oh, do we have one here? I, I think you know what? Did. Let's find one. John, hi. Thanks for coming back. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. John, uh, you're here. You are here um, to do our Star Wars episode uh, uh, rankings, our Star Wars film rankings. And yes. we wanted to have yes, you back time. to do a pivotal Star Wars episode, <laughs> a Star Wars movie. Can um, it be pivotal if it's at the absolute end of the series doesn't pivotal imply that it's somewhere in the middle oh i meant like pivotal in terms of my life (laughs) okay perfect yeah the end of 2019 certainly was a time for us it really was like you could argue that this movie single-handedly brought about covid (laughs) (laughs) it was the source if only we knew yeah so we're gonna get into it pretty quickly because there is a there's a lot to discuss but let's let's take a step back and kind of like talk about the approach that you guys, like how you guys went into this series of like sequel trail, the sequel trilogy, essentially don't like talk too much about the first two episodes, but like just give me a little bit of background and then kind of focus more on your mindset going into this one. Okay. John, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I remember Jim, you and I saw this opening night at the Arclight Cinema, and by the time this movie had come around, it was a lot how I felt with Revenge of the Sith. It was kind of just, okay, let's get this trilogy over with. Um, and yeah. I, w- I wasn't super hyped going in. I was hyped in the sense that it was nice to go out and like, see a movie at this nice theater. And part of me thought, you know, this can't be like an awful experience, but I wasn't uh, super excited to see it. And we saw it. We certainly did see it. And then um, afterwards, I just kind of felt disappointed uh slightly in a different way than i was with the last jedi which i have lukewarm feelings about and that have changed throughout the time but after this movie it kind of just left me like upset and i didn't want to seem like a crotchy old man where it's like well that's not my star wars but it really didn't leave um a, me with a great feeling but uh again i wouldn't say that it was an awful experience overall and it was interesting to revisit it because i think i've only seen this movie twice it's actually a, it was a good movie for me to revisit because i've seen I think I've probably seen Solo one more time than I've seen this now uh, in terms of my rewatches. So it was interesting to go through it and, and take notes. Um, and I was sitting with my girlfriend, so I was just like, I have to watch homework. I have to watch this tonight. I really don't want to. And I'm going to be taking <laughs> notes and I'm going to be complaining about everything the whole time. And if you want to dip, please leave the room. And she's like, no, that'll be fun. So we did that. Um, so that's kind of my experience with it. I don't have uh, super harsh feelings about it, but I, after we were watching it last night, I didn't really come away with anything uh, else too good to say about the movie. But I do have some interesting points I'm excited to talk about with you guys today. Yeah, I'll go next because mine was like almost identical to your experience in that I this is the third time I've watched it. I don't think I will ever watch it again. I only watched it the second time because I was trying to prepare for our Star Wars ranking episode. And I didn't even want to watch it then. 
And I, I'm done. I think I'm done with it forever. I, I felt the exact same way going in. Like I was disappointed with The Last Jedi the more I thought about it. And then I went into this, came out of it, and was like more in favor of The Last Jedi. I still didn't love it, but I was like, this movie just, we'll talk about it a lot. Like how much it recons Last Jedi. It's so, it's so deeply upsetting. And just just the audacity that they would just like undo everything that Ryan Johnson did. It's so transparent and so so brazen. It's just it's really unfortunate. And yeah, came out of it super disappointed, have liked it less ever since then, like thought about it. Every time I thought about it, didn't like it on both rewatches. I kind of liked it less and less. And the difference between my story and yours is I was like, Miranda, I'm going to watch this. And she's like, yeah, I'll pass on that one. And she like doesn't <laughs> pass on a Star Wars rewatch <laughs> of like really any of them. Um, she's like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was just frustrated throughout. I did not have anyone to complain to uh, while I was watching, which is probably a good thing. It would have made it harder to get through or at least would have taken a lot longer. And it, the movie's too long as it is. So, like it's I, very I would, long. Yeah, I, I would say just briefly, like my two kind of like to start um feelings about the movie is at first it's like they fed uh artificial artificial intelligence with all the Star Wars scripts, and this is what came out. Um and even yeah. then I would Jeez, say that's I a literally pretty... have that written down. Like, Do you really written, the script was written by an AI bot? Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it really does feel that way. Like there it, it's and honestly, that's probably doing AI a disservice. <laughs> uh, I, I mean it. I truly mean it. And and then what what I'm just kind of astounded by each time is that this movie moves at breakneck speed with high stakes, whether and then high stakes doesn't mean like interesting stakes, but they're very high. And there is like almost no time to breathe, no time for emotional moments. And it's it's kind of entertaining in that way. And, and that's not to say good entertaining. I mean, it, it's it keeps your attention. But it's a complete mess. Like so much is happening and there's really no time to like settle down and like let anything digest. Even if the things that are sitting in and digesting are pretty awful. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? So uh, I was generally favorable towards the sequel trilogy. I like Force Awakens, even though it was basically just a new hope again. Um, but it raised a lot of interesting questions and kind of created plot threads that I thought would be interesting to follow. And then Last Jedi came along and I liked parts of that movie. I strongly disliked parts of that movie, but I feel like those plot threads were not necessarily carried through super well. Um, and then obviously we know Last Jedi kind of makes a lot of big, bold moves, especially near the end. Um, so going into this one, I was very curious how they were going to go forward after Ryan Johnson and the last Jedi kind of shook things up so much. Um, when I heard the first preview, then that Palpatine was back. I was like, I'm out. I'm done. Like, yeah. this is incredibly stupid. I'm not doing it. Um, but when the movie finally came out, I saw this alone at 4 PM, um, like two weeks after it came out in 3d because oh, I was like, between babysitting jobs the worst like, possible circumstances to see it <laughs> i was literally between babysitting jobs um and i was like i have like three hours to kill 3d i didn't even know they released it in 3d they did release it in 3d and i saw it in 3d <laughs> oh terrible um, yeah like really all bad circumstances and i i had heard the reviews that it was bad um because again i saw it after it came out um i went in expecting it to be bad 
So when it opens um, and when we get to there's there's one specific part in this movie that just won me over near the beginning, just absolutely won me over, enthralled me. Um, I Are was you being sarcastic. Like, no. Oh, okay. um, there's a moment where I just like clicked with this movie and I realized like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is really. Bad. Oh, that's what you mean. OK, but it can be fun. Like, sure. this can be fun. And so I think uh, this is a very bad movie, but I think it's a very fun movie. And I think part of the reason why is that it does move at that breakneck speed and nothing is given a chance to breathe. Nothing to the point where it is hilarious. It is kind of funny. There's something that happens with Chewie that we'll get to in the plot where it's (laughs) like, this is just, we're just breezing through all this, aren't we? Like, we're just moving right along. Um, So I, I have since seen this movie more times than I would like to admit. To give you an idea of the quality of this film, uh, typically uh, before the podcast, I will watch the film with Edgar um, one time through, not take notes, just absorb it. And then I will watch it again closely, take notes, and then do the episode. Um, Edgar and I attempted to watch this movie three times this week, and we fell asleep every time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that That should give you an idea. Yeah, that adds up. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, So not my favorite Star Wars film, but one that I, I do adore. Um, and we'll get to the part that like hooked me and I, I it will never leave my head. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember if you shared that moment when we did our Star Wars rankings. I think and I, I did. And I remember that you did like this movie more than I think the rest of us did when we when we recorded that episode. And I was very curious to see if your opinion would change on rewatch. It sounds like it really didn't. No, I mean, like, listen, this is when you go in to something with very very low expectations you can be surprised and that's what this movie did for me by no means do i think it's a good film but it surprised me and delighted me gotcha for me the and it's kind of this movie along with the sequel trilogy it is not aged well in my mind i last jedi grows in my mind um in my fondness for it grows honestly it might be I don't I think this is inconsistent with how I ranked the Star Wars movies before or maybe not. But I think Last Jedi might be my favorite of the sequel trilogy, which I'm kind of shocked at. But I think it's because I admire some, but not all of the choices it makes. And it's just it's very well made. Despite the fact that I don't love what's going on in it a lot of the time, what they well, also, do with those moments, like the way it's filmed. I think Ryan Johnson is certainly the most capable filmmaker of the pair of him and and J.J. Abrams. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, picking the best of the sequel trilogy is like, it's pretty slim pickings. You're not going to pick Rise of Skywalker. Well, of course not. Yeah. 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 I I would. This this is the worst Star Wars movie to me. Like, I think anyone, and I mean anyone, who says that this movie is better than any of the prequels is out of their mind. Phantom Menace, it's better than Phantom Menace. I'm saying no, it. No, it's not. You're yeah, out of your is. mind. No, it is. It's better oh, than Phantom Menace. No, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Phantom, much. Phantom Menace is boring. It's I, boring. And this movie commits a lot of sins, but the one sin it does not commit is boredom. Although, I guess it does because I did fall asleep to it multiple times. Phantom Menace's monotony is hilarious. It, or It's like political focus. I... Phantom Menace is a genius work of a, a complete Watch mad, yourself. A complete, Watch what you're no, saying. I'm serious. He he is a Lucas is a madman. He unleashes all of his worst impulses in Phantom Menace, and it is a joy to behold. Oh, I man. I am never bored watching that movie. 
what, what, uh, John, I'm, you were about to say something earlier. I, I do admire that. What made, what, again, what sours me on this movie is that it feels very produced. It feels like a studio made this movie. So at least I can give Lucas credit. As crazy as he is, it was all in his mind. And this and then Phantom Menace and the rest of the prequels are what he wanted to do. So I don't feel I don't feel offended by it. I feel it's like you know a friend showing you a, a like a, you know a, a film of his and says, "Oh, what do you think?" And even if it's bad, you still say, "But it's you did a good job." I I, I look would love what you did. That's Whereas a perfect Rise of, Rise of Skywalker is just it's just like it's it's an it's offensive to like the eyes. If, when it comes to like studio movies i think that's a perfect way of putting it i, I couldn't have said it better it is no. just like george lucas was allowed to do what he wanted it didn't feel like it was a stu- part of the studio machine and maybe one of the things this movie rise of skywalker had going against it was that it's in the midst of the mcu machine and we're kind of got we kind of got used to that kind of formula and we I mean, really the whole sequel trilogy fell within that sort of like regime that Disney regime. And it, it maybe, maybe that's why I, I find that to be a difference that I, that, that is recognizable and that I prefer someone allowed to do some crazy experiment like Phantom Menace versus something that's so formulaic and over like produced and at the whims of someone like Catherine Kennedy and JJ Abrams. I can hear like the accountants Kathleen like Kennedy. tickers in the back in the background when I'm, when I'm watching this movie. Yeah, like I mm-hmm. imagine like spreadsheets with you know, is this how much money is this going to make? How much merchandise are we going to sell? Are you trying to tell me that there was a cold, calculated origin to Babu Frick? No. <laughs> okay, good. There's not no none of that. No, no, no. I mean, no, but Babu Frick exists because because they want like all right, we need a cute character. Right. Get a cute right. character in there now. Um, yeah, so the, the, I, I, I will. And again, I, to anyone listening who is like, I'm out of my mind about just generally praising the prequels. I will go on record now. And I think I have in our attack of the clones episode that I like the prequel trilogy a lot. I think that they are not great movies. I think, um, revenge of the Sith is like a good movie, even though it has a lot of bad things about it. I I love Attack of the Clones because it's yeah. so bad. It, it's like that's a that's a four star movie. That's a one star quality, but it's four stars to me because four to five because it is a it's so entertaining. Phantom Menace is like a three or three and a half because it's so entertaining, but that's like a one half star quality movie. <laughs> if, if that makes any sense, it does. It does. Okay. Um, should we talk about the development of this movie a little bit because we've been kind of dancing around it. Yeah, so this was directed and co-written by J.J. Abrams, uh, co-written with uh, Chris Terrio, I think Oscar-winning screenwriter of Argo. (laughs) Well, yeah. But we should say um, this was shopped around a lot. J.J. Abrams really didn't want to direct this. No, and the original plan when they announced it was, and I should say plan with quotes, because there was no plan. No. They did not sit down in a room. And I remember that when that, photos circulated when they were before force awakens came out with the whole cast there my immediate thought when i saw that was they're getting together and they're talking about the entire trilogy nope no no they weren't they didn't have a plan for the whole trilogy and that became abundantly clear by the time last jedi came around and even more clear when this came around they didn't have a plan that's one of the i mean we're not gonna beat this to death i mean you could any of the discourse that we're gonna share is been probably done to death we hope that we're gonna at some point when we do an analysis of like each part of the movie 
that we're going to say something that maybe you haven't heard before. Sorry if we repeat some stuff. This this has been kind of beaten to death. But we still wanted to do this movie. I think this, this is the type of movie that's more fun to do than Empire Strikes Back. Because like yeah. we're just going to be like, this is great. That's great. This is great. Like here, there's there's a lot more to talk about. <laughs> um, um, but kind of the, the fact that they didn't have the foresight to plan the entire trilogy, in a way, it is Abram's fault a bit uh, because he kind of set up these lingering plot threads that Ryan Johnson kind of took up. And then it's his fault for rejecting the last Jedi essentially. And kind of, I don't know to what degree rise of Skywalker kind of um, realigns those plot threads with what he intended. But as we mentioned before, like, you know, like this movie is a reflection of last Jedi in all the ways that it rejects it. And JJ Abrams has to like, has to own that. I I think that a lot of the blame, if not more of it, should be placed on Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, probably true. And it, it's probably the the two of them combined. I mean, she's really the one in charge. Would you say that they make a good dyad in the Force? <laughs> uh, no, because they're both Sith. <laughs> okay. Well, there can only be one. <laughs> no, there's a master and an apprentice. Oh yeah, <laughs> You're famously the only two. <laughs> what, John? He's, you're, Darren, you're thinking of the Highlander. Oh, yeah, I am thinking of... Oh, my God, I'm thinking of Highlander. Well, yeah. or you're thinking of Palpatine at the end of this movie, because yes, he's all of them. Yes, he's all of them, somehow. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, we will. Yeah, so this was originally going to be directed by Colin Trevorrow and written by Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, um, who wrote and directed the movie Safety Not Guaranteed, the indie film. Which I've seen. It's actually... I like it. It's good. Yeah, so do I. And they also did uh, Jurassic World, right? The uh, did Colin Trevor? Yeah, did he do the first one? And then, and, um, and then Fallen he did Kingdom. The, yeah, he did Fallen Kingdom. And speaking of Fallen Kingdom, this was the third most expensive film ever made. Actually, probably still is, but behind Force Awakens and Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, wild. That is wild. Really wild. Oh no! What do you? Fallen Kingdom was not Trevor. I think that was Jay Bayonet. I don't know. He Trevor was Dominion. I think. Uh, Trevor also did the Book of Henry. Couldn't I didn't remember that at all. Um, not great. Yeah. <laughs> so, do should we talk about Duel of the Fates now? Speaking Please. of Trevor and Derek Connolly, so yes, it is is well known by this point that a screenplay of that Trevor and Derek Connolly wrote called Duel Star Wars Episode Nine Duel of the Fates uh, was leaked in 2020, and well, I'll just hit the highlights. Because there's a lot to it. I have when it came out, I read the whole thing. I do not remember it. So I did a little like cliff notes um, for for it this time. Here's the 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 high level. So for one, it embraces The Last Jedi instead of retconning everything. So bless it for that. And this this screenplay, by the way, is just it's infamous for people just citing it as like this is how the trilogy should have ended. I do think that had it ended this way, people still would have been sour on the the sequel trilogy. And so it obviously looks better by comparison to Rise of Skywalker. But still, I, I, I read it and I remember being actually kind of impressed with. But at the same time, I had Rise of Skywalker to compare it to. So it takes place seven years after The Last Jedi. Hux becomes Chancellor. The First Order takes control of Coruscant. And a lot of the movie takes place on Coruscant. Kylo finds out that some like old alien whose name I don't remember trained Darth Pelagus, who then trained Palpatine 
Kylo finds this alien who's still alive. He's like 7,000 years old, fights him, kills him. Nice. Lando is in this movie as well. Rose is featured a lot more. I meant to mention that earlier. And you'll see Lando is in Rise of Skywalker and Rose is, you could argue, not in it. (laughs) And yeah, Finn is also given more to do. He is he ends up leading this massive revolution against the force first order on Coruscant. At the end of it, Hux kills himself with a purple lightsaber. Don't remember how he gets that. That's cool. And this rebellion includes defective stormtroopers that Finn kind of like motivates to rise up. Now, wouldn't it have been great if Finn had some sort of circ- circular moment like that? Like the idea, and we'll, we're not doing Force Awakens, but the idea that Finn, that defective stormtrooper is a main character, uh, defected stormtrooper is a main character was and still is a good idea finn is a disaster i think in the in the sequels i don't think either one of you would disagree no i mean finn and poe are disasters there is more there is something to poe's dna that i like Uh, i just think that it is like oscar isaac has the charisma i think he's a perfect choice for a a han solo type but he's just misused and not well written throughout the entire sequel trilogy anyway so ray eventually confronts kylo and says that all of her masters were wrong to reject the dark side and that and says that she's going to embrace both she defeats him he tries to drain her life energy but leia convinces him to stop and instead when she's near death he gives his energy to save her and the movie really ends with finn and rose raising four sensitive children together which is in sort of in keeping with um the four sensitive children thing at the end of last Jedi and Ray vows to teach those children. What do we think about that? I like it. John. Yeah, it sounds epic. And um, I mean, you know, like you said, in hindsight, it, it sounds better than what we got in the rise of Skywalker, but yeah, I think my only concern is I don't think Colin Trevorrow could have pulled it off because it's not, I don't think he has like a really big, you know, good pedigree for, for making really good films. So I think it, it, it makes my answers. It depends on a number of things, but um, that definitely sounds more intriguing than what we got. Yeah. I just want a Martin Scorsese directed rise of Skywalker. I can't imagine it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of rolling stones. Do we have anything else to say about the development? No, just that like this movie is widely regarded and has a reputation for having a very troubled development, um, which I did not tell Edgar about when we watched it. Um, and I only told him afterwards, oh, should we even mention um, uh, Carrie Fisher and that whole controversy? Uh, it was the when controversy about going how often dying going out. Yeah, that bitch. How dare <laughs> she? <laughs> Are you referring to like the use of like her? Correct. Does she have like dialogue recorded? I can can someone if either one of you know, can you remind me the extent to which actual footage of her was used in this? So they had a massive amount of footage from The Force Awakens that was unused. And from my understanding, basically every time you see her face on screen when she's speaking, it is reused clips from The Force Awakens, recontextualized for this film. Oh, But there were body doubles and other things cast to show her from like behind and things. But anytime you see her speaking, that is just repurposed Force Awakens footage. That's right, because she 
died like the year last jedi came out right yeah there was no there was no footage of her for this film whatsoever god i remember going to see rogue one and like that that morning was when she died oh, and then that god. made rogue one even funnier at the end <laughs> did you say it made it more fun I'm, it's funny because the ending because they use a john, that's... Old Carrie fisher and it's kind of like oh hey <laughs> that's so dark john <laughs> In a, from a production point of view, it's funny. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Maybe the other thing to talk about was that there was, you remember the Star Wars celebration that was in Chicago? Nope. And in 20... No. I think, <laughs> oh, you don't remember? So in 2019, so. in 2019, there was a like a Star Wars like con thing and they were going to... Re- I think they revealed the first trailer for this movie at it. I didn't go. Uh, I think a friend of mine did... And this was when, like, the, like, they're introducing the cast and, like, the screen goes, like, or, like, the room goes red. And you hear at the end of the trailer the um, Palpatine's voice, his laugh, and the crowd went nuts. And Ian McDermott was there and he popped out and people went insane. And I remember, I was, I think I was live streaming it. I got really excited just because it's one of, it's like the, I realized that's ridiculous. And wh- after I took like 30 seconds, I was like, wait, I hate this. But you yeah. know what? Like when there's like a villain that you love from your childhood and then they just they're they're back or like a character you love is back. It's like one of those things like, oh, this game you loved from your childhood's being remade. And your initial instinct is like, hell yeah. And then you, maybe you realize like, actually, I don't want this at all. That's what happened to me. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no he's he's supposed to be dead <laughs> and it kind of like almost ruins return of the jedi that he's not dead but it's it actually kind of does it doesn't ruin it for me because i just treat these like they don't exist yeah that's fair it's actually pretty easy to do i thought it'd be hard it's pretty easy to for it's like some people treat the cursed child like it doesn't exist oh no i don't i don't want the cursed child to exist at all i do because is it can, canon it's it is canon she no! said it's canon no Aaron, okay. she says a lot of things, though. She yeah, does. she does say a lot of things. She does, and I'm not saying, but I'm, but I just like to troll Harry Potter fans by saying that it's canon. Oh God, because it is. It that's is horrific. canon. <laughs> that's horrific. Humans are remarkable at when they experience trauma, just pushing it out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a good survival instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I think that's all I have to say about the development. Yeah, um, just troubled, troubled, troubled. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd like to add when is a, when is a, a new Star Wars, a contemporary Star Wars movie, not had troubled uh, behind the scenes? I mean, um, Solo, Rogue One, uh, The Mandalorian seems to be fine, but I know Solo had to uh, find Ron Howard and Rogue One. Like, I mean, Rogue One, I think they kind of got lucky with, and Solo how did. it turned out, it, but. It, it just seems like the Disney generation of stuff kind of has issues. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, we didn't really find out about any trouble. Well, there was no publicity about what was going on behind the scenes of the prequel trilogy, Not but it really, kind of just, no. it kind of became a thing that like George Lucas was a madman and no one was questioning him. And that's how it turned out, how it did. I I would rather have that. I'd rather have like him in full control than this like political nonsense that kind of drove the the sequel trilogy. So also can I say about solo, if you uh, are in need of a new director and you turn to Ron Howard as a last resort, (laughs) it's not going to be a good movie. 
Aaron knows uh, my feelings on Ron Howard and the likes of yeah. Ron Howard and Rob Reiner. <laughs> not Ro- a, you know what? Rob Reiner, he's got a few good ones in the can. And he's right? he might have another one. He's doing a This is Spinal Tap sequel, which I guess I'm very nervous about. Okay. But I love Spinal Tap. Yeah, very nervous about that. I don't I don't know how I feel about that at all. I'd rather him do a misery sequel. Oh my god, now sign me up for that. Did did Stephen King ever write a sequel to it? No, he um he very rarely writes sequels. He's not a sequel guy. Kind of shocking Dr. Sleep exists then. Yeah, it is actually. It's very shocking. Yeah. I guess maybe the last thing I want to say about this, I'm not, there's no segue, um, is that um this was scored by by John Williams. Uh his bless last. Him. Bless him. Yeah. He's still alive. Well, <laughs> his, yeah. His last Star Wars score. Um for now. he's also uh he's in the film. He has a small cameo. Oh. He's uh we'll get to it. But yeah, he has a small cameo on the film. There are some other uh, cameos too, but who cares? Yeah, no. All right, let's get into this. Um, I will, for your pleasure, be reading the opening crawl. Are we ready? I'm ready. The dead yes. speak. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. General Leia Organa dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence while Rey, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. So just a co- a co- one comment about that. <laughs> just, just, we're already doing notes. We're already, we're already doing this. I know that all of these movies have some gaps, right? They there's there's stuff that happens in between each one. And maybe I'm going into this pretty biased. But does this feel like the most unexplained stuff occurring between two films? Well, it has to because they're bringing back pal- like it, because it's it, they're already stretching so far. Like yeah. it kind of has to. It's true. Yeah, what do you think, John? Yeah, it is very jarring. And without even going to whole Palpatine um, Fortnite thing, it does feel like I wish, you know, I don't I don't even mind Palpatine coming back, to be honest with you. It's silly because it, it does kind of ruin the return of the Jedi. But him coming back and kind of coming full circle, I wasn't upset with. I just wish it wasn't like literally the first line, the dead speak, he's back. So it's you don't even get to like process that. And it's almost meta, like everyone did process it because it was announced. So it's, if you were just watching the movies without any sort of background info, which I don't even think is possible in the world today, it's just weird to just to be like, yep, he's back and we're going to move on and go with it. Yeah, which kind of sets the pace for the whole film. Like we've talked about a little bit about the sure. breakneck, breakneck base of this movie. Buckle up. Um, yeah, buckle up because we're going to we're going to get into it. Um, speaking of getting into it, uh, we open with a first order star destroyer overlooking the planet Mustafar, uh, which is a fun callback. We remember Mustafar from episode three as being kind of the birthplace of Darth Vader, where he and uh, Obi-Wan have their fateful duel. Um, nothing about this says it's Mustafar. I mean, or rather, I should say they don't clarify that it's Mustafar. That's like outside knowledge. I didn't even know it was Mustafar. It it is Mustafar. There's a lot of random tidbits about this movie. I know from like outside sources, which also is a problem for the film, right? Like, and for you, honestly, and for me, right? Like I should burden with this knowledge. (laughs) I I have to sit with it. Um, But I shouldn't have to watch a movie and then um, like read ancillary material to figure out what's going on. Like, for example, in Last Jedi, 
uh, General Holdo, remember, played by the beautiful, incomparable Laura Dern. <laughs> um, she's wearing that weird blue dr- or purple dress and she has weird purple hair. And the entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, how is she a general? Why isn't she in uniform? And a friend I had at the time who I worked with was like, oh, well, that's her race, like her her species of the people. Like they're all very individual and they dress individually and like blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know that watching the film? And he's like, well, well no, it's in the book. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of always been a thing that Star Wars has done, though. But then what about like Mon Mothma? I mean, she's kind of adorned in this like flowing white garb. But she's I, not I, in general clothing. I, I guess I just it bothered me. I mean, she's but, not a general, but I right. don't know her rank. John, what's her rank? Do you know? She's a senator. She's a senator. Oh, right. Gotcha. Either way, well, like I, it just I, it just bothers me that you need this outside information to kind of piece together what's going on. So outside information, this is the planet Mustafar. Um, so Kylo Ren, this I think is cool. I think the way he just absolutely mows down this squadron of enemies to get to his goal um pretty cool action scene would you say that's fair yes but there is a there's something about this movie and it happens multiple times during lightsaber fights that bothers me so much and i don't know why there is i I can't even describe it that well there is a way that he grips his lightsaber he like has it like behind him he's kind of like like, he has like a backhand it's Uh, weird and it bothers me so much i don't know why no i get that there's really no rational reason for why it bothers me no, I mean, it It looks a little different. I think it's supposed to look cool. But I don't think it looks cool. No, I, I don't just, think it looks cool. I just think it looks like a way to hold the lights. Yeah, out. look at us. We are, this is going to be a seven hour episode. At yeah, this rate. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Um. Anyway, so he finds a Sith Wayfinder. Um, the Wayfinder takes him to Exegol, which is a new planet for Star Wars. Um, we don't know that it's called Exegol at the time. Um, and let's kind of park on Exegol. Exegol uh, is, as we will find out later, uh, kind of the Sith homeworld. Um, and there is a large contingent of not Sith because there's only two of those or maybe one, um, but Sith worshipers, I guess. Yeah. Um, tell tell, yeah, tell us about like the planet. What does it look like? What's going on here? To me, it looks like this very desolate, rocky planet that is has like a perpetual like cloudy thunderstormy sky but i think that's just because the sith are there i think the sky clears up at the end when everything is resolved we don't really get to see much else of the planet and there is this like massive structure like absolutely massive and it's mentioned a couple times during the movie that this is like not on any system or it's not not part of any system it's not on any map correct so you know mcguffin yeah, and we'll like the we'll get to it in a minute here. Or I guess the Wayfinder is the MacGuffin, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so as you mentioned, there's this kind of enormous like temple, I guess, and it's uh, shaped like an upside down pyramid, kind of planted into the earth. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren enters, and it's filled with statues of kind of enormous size. The scale is kind of incredible here. Kylo Ren is like a little ant, and there are these giant Sith statues that are, you know, the size of buildings and things like that. Um, a little behind the scenes peek about this. Um, I guess JJ Abrams was looking at concept art, um, of this like chamber. Um, and I guess he went, looks great, but just make everything a hundred times bigger. Um, I, I kind of like the scale generally of that. I like, I like the idea that a Sith homeworld would be like this. I don't like anything else about Exegol, but the idea that there's this kind of like, like 
in you, you uh Aaron, you played uh, I don't know if you have John, you, but Aaron, you played some of like the um Star Wars video games, like the oh, yeah. Jedi Academy and stuff. And there's oh, yeah. there's some like big like temple like things that are associated with the Sith. I'm not really sure how much of that is canon in some of the novels and things like that, but I generally like the idea of being able to see where some of the Sith originated or reside or like Sith worshipers. But yeah, everything else surrounding it is I think that the, the idea of massive scale kind of does it for me. It, it's a good atmosphere, but everything else surrounding this location is just horrible. Yeah. So a voice begins filling Kylo's mind um, and it is, of course, Palpatine. And he tells him, um, or Kylo Ren rather, says, you know, hey, I killed Snoke, I'm going to kill you. And then we get the line, I made Snoke. Uh, which immediately in the theater, I was like, all right, buckle up, here here we go. Um, and Palpatine reveals that he's been speaking to Kylo Ren via the dark side this whole time. It hasn't been Snoke, it hasn't been Vader, like Kylo thought, it has always been Palpatine. Um, can uh... I talk about... Yeah, go on. What do you think? I was well. I think you're about to get to it. When I when I saw the the jar full of clone Snokes, oh that's God. when that's when I I probably turned to John if I or someone whoever I was sitting next to him was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> this so this is gonna be bad. Yeah. So there is a jar. Um, this is the detail, by the way, that hooked me. Um, there is a jar within our floating not one but two clones of Snoke, Snoke who is badly scarred famously scarred why would you make a clone that already had scars that's not possible <laughs> um but once i saw the jar full of snokes i'm like oh buckle up we're in it now like this is we're this is pure shitstorm at this point we are passing a jar full of snokes yeah and i can't handle it yep i did like that they, they were just like this is what it is like deal with it yeah, we well, don't care what you feel. Snoke is one of the interesting things. The mystery about Snoke and the fact that he died in Last Jedi was a good thing about this pre the sequel trilogy. Agreed. Um, I've also heard from J.J. Abrams that the jar full of Snokes was added post production, and he like that wasn't in the script and that wasn't his intention. They just kind of put it in there. Um, to which I say, one, I don't believe that, but two, if that's the case, you're the director, and the movie is your ultimate responsibility. And if it's in there and you didn't want it in there, you should have taken it out. Again, I do, even though he has a lot of power, I do think he still served a master and that, and it's not just Kennedy. Like, I think there are, there are people who probably insisted that they put it in there. And even, even if he protested, I'm not saying he did protest. Like he is, I don't think he has final say. About that. Yeah, I guess. Fair enough. Do you think I Disney keep... keeps a jar of J.J. Abrams's and says to one of them, if you don't want to do it, we'll just get another one? Yes. Yeah, we have more. We, we have more make. Abrams back up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Um, so the Emperor reveals he's alive. We get like a fun little Frankenstein moment uh, with him. And Kylo kind of questions like, what can you what can you even do for me? Why would I want to help you? Um, he tells him that uh, the final order is being prepared and that there is a fleet that can be his uh, if he joins him. So let's let's camp on that for a moment. So if we're to suss out the logic of this film and the plot and what's going on, there's been a secret world of the Sith with millions of cultists who are actually not Sith themselves, because mm -hmm. again, there can only be two, maybe one. We'll talk about it. Um, who are basically doing nothing but building Star Destroyers on the hope that at some point someone will come and find this world 
and revive Palpatine. Is that when I, is that correct? There is a line. I think it's in the end at the end of this, um, like intro sequence where Ren is talking to some of this, um, for final order officers where they use the term conjure, like this, the, the Sith eternal, the cultists conjured, like conjured this. I, it makes me wonder if they magically, I mean, it, the logically, and it's still kind of illogical. They've just been building this fleet for so long. But imagine if the, these Sith cultists could just conjure just like, ships. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The amount of ships that there are, the scale is absurd. It, the The idea that it always bothered me that, well, okay, the fact that they built another Death Star makes sense. I think enough time had passed. But the 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 prequel trilogy does a little bit to make you feel like Death Stars take, take a long time to build. As you know? they should. And I would imagine that this many, and there are a lot, this many destroyers would take a long time to make. And I suppose this could have been happening the entire time. Right. Like, when did this begin? Did this begin at, like, episode five? Like, were they yeah, starting like, this? Please? We deserve answers, but at the same time, I don't want them. No, I don't want them either. Um, but also who's piloting these, sh- like who's manning these ships, the Sith cultists, apparently, or members of the final order who people, more how, people like, but how, ge- like how general James? pride. I don't know. Like, how did they all get there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What are their how? backstories? I demand how, where are their families? Yeah. Well, we, the get, books. we get like a shot later of thousands of them. And it's like, we don't see a single one of their faces. What do you think Dave Filoni would say if you asked him these questions? I think Dave Filoni would sigh and collect himself and try and give me an explanation, but I don't think Dave Filoni is happy about it either. Probably not. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Palpatine tells Ren to kill the girl and end the Jedi and warns him by telling him that she is not who you think she is. Uh, because that has been kind of the lingering question about Ray throughout. Well, this no, it movie. wasn't though. It was answered in the is like that she's a nobody, and it should have stayed that way. Well, yeah, true. It was it was kind of definitively answered actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we cut to our friends. They're friends, guys. Poe, Finn, and Chewie. Uh, they're on the Millennium Falcon, being friends, and they're playing chess. Did we mention that they're friends? Um, because one of the big crimes that this trilogy uh, commits that the other trilogies do not is that in the central trilogy, we have Han, Chewie, and Leia, and Luke, right? They're like the, our foursome. And if you want to cast Chewie off, we have the threesome of Luke, Han, and Leia, right? Um, this sequel trilogy tries to have that with Ray, Finn, and Poe, but it fucks it up by having them get all split up in the first one and then all split up in the second one. And so now in the third one, they have to like, Go back and be like, no, but they're friends, guys. They're friends. Get it? Um, so we have all these moments where they shoehorn and cram them into like being friends, which I I don't think works. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I never get. I've never really been a fan of the dynamic there. Anyway, it's just it. It feels so unearned. Yeah, it feels so unearned in this film when all of a sudden they're just like having banter. And I'm like, Ray, you didn't even fucking meet Poe until the end of The Last Jedi. You have no idea who he is. Again, a lot of time has passed and you just have to take it for what it is. But it just bothers me. It just none. I don't know. The sequels do this between every movie and I just it never really works for me. 
Yeah. So they meet up. I'm glad with... that I'm sorry to interrupt here. I'm glad that no, they did it. that. It's an it is kind of annoying that it was kind of we don't it's a payoff that we've never earned, but it's kind you know, I'm happy that that the three of them are like it adds some humanity. Everyone's st- it does, and everyone sticks together this movie, which is I think one of the things I wanted anyway. So I'm gonna take what I can get. I guess that's when that's a good plot points. That's a good point. It's because if it didn't have that, this movie would feel just emotionally empty. And it would make it even worse than it already is. Well, I was thinking about it the other way. And I was thinking, what if part of the arc of this film was that they admit at the beginning, like, hey, we actually don't really know each other that well. And then by the end of the film, we get that payoff of like, they've gone on this adventure. They like kind of earn it. I think that the movie would then have kids movie. Yeah. Kids don't feel those. They don't want. (laughs) Yeah. They don't want character development that way. They just want people to be friends. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're. I feel like they they need to do it that way. And this movie doesn't need any more things to juggle. So them True. becoming I mean, there's a moment that's if I forget to mention it later, I feel totally unearned where Poe and Finn are mad at each other. And oh, Poe yeah. is mad at Ray. It just it's just stupid. Yeah. I would rather them just been friends and no conflict at all the entire time. Yeah. That's what great films are made of. No conflict. Yeah. And is anyone else sick of the hollow chessboard? Oh yeah. Oh sure, I am. Yeah. So I don't know if you were gonna touch on this, uh, Aaron, but I want to. I want to just give a shout out to my boy Claude. Uh, yeah, Claude, tell us about Claude. I, I mean, what's there to say? He's the best uh, part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, like, whoa! You're trying to say he's better than Babu Frick? Uh, yes, I am. Claude okay. looks so funny. He's just like this, like sc- slug creature. He's a slug. <laughs> Name just Claude. like handle any tools. It's just like working on the Falcon. <laughs> I was like, this is my buddy Claude. I love, I no, seriously, like Claude is just like funny. I laughed when he appeared on screen and when he appears again, I, I, I want, that's what I want. I want more just unexplained creatures that are just friends. I wish they would have kept doing it. Just more and more and more aliens that they're friends with. You know, I, I do I could... like, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say, I could not find any Claude-centric fan fiction, unfortunately. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> I I hate that he... Because, you know, there's like an alternate universe or a different sci-fi movie where instead of Claude, it's like some celebrity cameo that's got like a little bit of makeup so they don't look like it. Like, you know, Jimmy Fallon is like playing that character in like a different movie. Instead, it's just this <laughs> giant slug <laughs> who probably takes up the entire like hallway. I would say the budget to to animate Claude is worth every penny over what they would pay for a cameo like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Would you say that's fair? <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone should pay Jimmy Fallon for anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they meet up with a contact from the resistance who tells them that there is a spy in the first order and sends them a message. Uh, they are chased by TIE fighters and the Falcon and they escape by light speed skipping, which is essentially just gunning it to light speed, pulling yourself out, gunning it to light speed, pulling yourself out, um, which is interesting because most of space is empty. Um, so you would just wind up in empty space. Um, but illogically, they wind up on like three different planets somehow, um, but they're able to get away. Well, I want to stop you right there, Aaron, because as we all know, there's hyperspeed uh, light speed lanes that you follow so it's not just oh, random jumps okay fair enough you are correct of course you have, because... to, read the, you have to read the books to describe oh see because i was gonna say this seems 
incredibly dangerous. <laughs> like well, you just end up in the middle of like a, of a building, you know, like <laughs> you immediately blow up. Well, the, the, okay. So John is correct. There are hyperspeed lanes. So they're like specific paths you travel. I, I forgot that I was thinking you were just zipping through space, which is mostly empty. Um, but you were correct, John. Um, again, which is something you have to like read outside of this movie to get. But what are you going to do? Um, so Ray is training in the forest with Leia. And she hopes the past Jedi Masters will speak with her through the forest. But so far, she has not heard anything. Uh, we cut to Kylo Ren, who touches Vader's helmet and seems to focus on her and screws up her training. So at the end of The Last Jedi, their force connection was severed, as far as I'm concerned. And it seemed like Rey was the one who severed it. What do you guys think about that? Because um... like the end of The Last Jedi, they kind of have a moment where they yeah. kind of acknowledge each other. And then Rey is kind of like, yeah, we're done here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind so, that. Apparently, they're they're still connected, though. So the first retcon of the Force or uh, the Force Unleashed—that's a very different project. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first retcon of the Last Jedi, right? Now they're still Force connected, I guess. Yep. Um, Ray accidentally hurts BB-8. Put a pen in that. Her accidentally hurting someone. Oh, what are you gonna What are you gonna say about that? <sighs> okay. Um, Ray. Ray no, looks... I, I want to know. I want to know why we're putting a pin in it. I look because forward to later. She will accidentally hurt another character. Oh, oh, that, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, I thought you were joking. I'm like, come on. What do you? No, mean? no, no. I wasn't. I, but I just, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand this movie. I don't either. Um, Ray looks through one of the Jedi texts she saved from Octo. Are we calling it Octo or Octu? Because I hate Octu. I like saying Octo. I think it's. Octo. I think it is Octo. Okay. So one of the Jedi texts she saves from Octo and she sees a picture of the Sith Wayfinder as the Falcon returns. Um, so we get another moment of like banter between Ray, Poe, and Finn because they're friends now, right? They're friends. They're get friends. It? They're friends. Um, Ray is mad at Poe for kind of screwing up the Falcon and uh, Poe is mad at Ray for screwing up BB-8 and they kind of have this little moment. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you, was that the moment you were thinking of? No, no, just okay. I didn't, I wasn't thinking of anything. Gotcha. Um, it was, so it was at this. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> the silliness. It was at this point. I was, I would turn to my girlfriend and I said, Now, the whole movie, they're going to be talking like this, where it's this person says that, then this person quips this, and this person says this, and, and it's all just like it's nonsense. And I said, and then I and then I said, Every like Marvel and recent Pixar and Star Wars movie do this, where you, they don't. It's, it's this isn't how people act, like talk to each other. No, it's literally like we need banter. It's banter. That's what it is. People don't talk like that. All right. True. Um. So they're kind of upset because Ray is not out doing missions. Um. She's been training and it's been bothering Poe and other people because they say, "Well, like you're the best fighter we have. We need you out there." Um. Poe breaks down the situation for everybody. He tells them that Palpatine is back. Um, I love this from Dominic Monaghan, who plays a character. I'm named so glad Beaumont. you. I'm so glad you brought him up. Yeah, he lost, shows up. In lost here. regular Dominic Monaghan, who is who in this? Beaumont. That's Beaumont. His name. Beaumont. Don't forget. Don't forget to mention Rose. We have to remember Rose is. In oh, this Rose. Movie. Rose is here. She's here. She shows mm -hmm. up, but she gets nothing to do. Yep. Um, Dominic Monaghan just says like these three things in sequence, which is just like a blatant attempt to like cover up any plot holes. Dark science, cloning, 
secrets only the Sith knew. <laughs> and and we just move on and we're like, okay, all right. Now don't don't forget, he is the one who says, How about we do the holdo the some holdo maneuvers? maneuvers. <laughs> like, who says that? That was um, a one in a million shot. Yeah. And He's then basically <laughs> saying, why don't we ram a sh- why don't we <laughs> kamikaze a ship into the fleet? But it's not a one in a million. It's no. It's not, it seems very easy to do. Also, they have robots. Just get a robot to do it. You don't even have to sacrifice a human life. It is, but I mean, and so I have as cool as that sequence was. I think that that was a huge mistake to do in Last Jedi because, for the exact reason you just said, you can do that so easily. And this was the movie's way of like being like, fans, we hear you. You're right. So we're going to just say it's a one in a million and you just have to accept that it's actually more difficult than it seems, but it's not, it's just not, this is one of those instances where, and I, and it does bother me when fans do this, but I'm going to be that fan. I understand this world, this element of the world better than the filmmakers do. <laughs> it is easy to do a holdo maneuver and they should yes. have never had it in there. Then again, I suppose we wouldn't have known that. I mean, it technically was always easy, even if they didn't do it in Last Jedi. I wonder if anyone's ever like, "Hey, why don't? Why doesn't someone just light speed into a ship?" I guess I would have assumed that the ship would just blow up and the other ship would be fine. Yeah, I don't know, but either way, it's yeah, it's it's dumb. Anyway, um, so we got our ticking clock because what is a movie without a ticking clock? In sixteen hours, all attacks on free worlds will begin. Um, they are in trouble because Exegol is not on any star chart, which we have mentioned. It is the hidden world of the Sith. Um, but Ray wants to leave to find it. She believed that Luke was on the trail and she wants to pick it up. Um, we get every every scene with Leia is a Frankenstein scene. Would you say that's fair? Like every scene <laughs> with Leia, I like I can see the strings on it. I know she's dead. Like it, it just feels stiff and awkward. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. It, it's uncomfortable. The worst is when you see the back of her head and there's like that post-production dialogue put in. Yeah. It's like, and it's not just this movie that does it. Some movies hide it better than others, but it just, I can't help but notice and it looks so fake. Wait. Yeah. Who is the one who says, so Palpatine's been out there all this time pulling, pulling the, strings, the strings, always she, in the shit. And then I think Leia says like always in the shadows from the yes. very beginning. I think yes, Poe po says, says he's been out there all this time. I don't know. Either way. Hate that. Yeah, Maz talks to. They're all there. Maz yeah, is there. Everyone's there. Here. Claude's yeah. there. Claude is there. Yeah. Um. So Ray wants to go, but Leia will not give her her blessing. Um. Ray goes alone, but guess what, guys? She has friends, and her friends are Foe and Foe and Foe and Pin. Finn and Poe and Pin. Foe and Pin. Foe and Pin. Which at this point, like, they might as well be named Foe and Pin because I just don't care. What do you guys think of like the people who ship them? Um, I okay, so I don't think it's crazy to ship them because Oscar Isaac specifically said that in Force Awakens he was playing like they were a gay couple. So I don't think it's that crazy. Yeah, it's not crazy. I think they're a better pairing than Finn and Jana or Poe and no one, oh, I guess. Oh my gosh, Jana. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, her good friends, Finn and Poe, they're friends, guys, um, join in uh, on their mission. C-3PO says the first of his many pointless goodbyes. Um, he has many pointless goodbyes in this movie because they're pointless for reasons we'll get to. Uh, Leia tells Ray to never be afraid of who she is. Put a pin in that as well. We cut over to Kylo Ren and his helmet is being reassembled. Remember his helmet that he famously broke in the second one as he was like overcoming that 
personal uh trial i guess and it like kind of remade him <laughs> well he's putting it back together for reasons yep um this is one of my favorite lines well, we first get... you overlooked he he has some monkeys <laughs> reports there's monkeys yeah he does that's true. this is like some plan of the apes monkeys yeah <laughs> it's definitely some again. monkeys it is it's a it's a general theme with like a visor <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, my one of my favorite lines, because uh, he's with the Knights of Ren, right? His bros. We get the Knights of Ren in this movie who are wasted. So upset. I was so upset that so Last Jedi didn't have any Knights of Ren. What yeah. the hell? That was one yeah. of the more interesting things about like, who are they? I want to know why, more. Why not replace the Imperial Guards in the Red Room scene with the Knights of Ren? I mean, that would have been okay, but the Force Awakens makes the Knights of Ren seem like they have more of an importance. They're like his like He's the master his, of the night. They're his click. Yeah. You know? Um, they're just a bunch of bros here. Um, but my favorite thing ever in this movie, maybe not ever, but one of my top, like, probably three favorite things in this movie is that when they walk by, some guy goes, the Knights of Ren, ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is great. Yeah. Um, so Ren is addressing the higher-ups of the First Order, um, and that they know that there is a spy, um, and now Ren tells them that he is going to be after Rey. Yes. Um, setting us up for our next little journey. The only thing that I want to say about what you just described is that I don't want to gloss over Rose, even though she's not in the movie, is that she they, they explain why she's not going to be part of the essentially the entire oh, adventure. There's yeah. basically a scene where Finn's like, Rose, are you going to be part of this movie? And she's like, no, I was asked by Leia to stay <laughs> behind and research Star Destroyers, <laughs> Star Destroyers and stay out of the movie's way. And then, like, what about their romance in in the Last Jedi? Like, Finn like pats her on the sh- on the shoulder and walks past. So it's, I I didn't like I I like Rose. I didn't I didn't like love the romance element to it, but I, I, it was something. Like, it's fine. At I least just, I was so mad mad that Rose was not going to be in this movie. At least commit to it, right? This horrible retconning. It's just so it's so upsetting. Um, so part of that, because I was very confused. So I looked into it when I saw the film. And I guess if you read the novelization, the novelization clarifies that they decided they were better off as friends. That Finn was impotent and that, that, maybe... that really drove a wedge <laughs> in the relationship. You know, it would make sense for him to be impotent because they probably don't want stormtroopers out there breeding. <laughs> maybe I thought, anyway. yeah maybe uh the only other thing is that um that meeting with like kylo like kylo ren talks to a bunch of like the first order like you said um general pride that's when we meet general pride played by oh, richard yes. e grant who i like richard e grant and basically everything uh, he can um, just I, ham it up and then uh, ren chokes a guy on the ceiling because they yeah, always the seem <laughs> they always need to exact to to top the use of the force in previous movies where i guess the sequel trilogy decides that they want to do that. Yeah. Like you could have yeah. just had a regular choke does. and that would have been fun. Yeah. I don't even know what it does anymore. Um, I will say I, I do like pride. Um, he is one mm. of the standouts. I, I think you're right. He hands it up. He, he, he's deliciously evil. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I am going to try to get through this next like segment of the movie pretty quickly. This is a lot of information and not as much like, I, I don't know, maybe, but feel free to interrupt me. You know, we'll see how it goes. Well, to be fair, as we've talked about, like this movie does move at a breakneck pace, but with such a density of information. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ray Finn, Chewie Poe, 3PO and BB-8. They're all friends. Uh, they all. <laughs> yeah, they're all friends. They all arrive in the Forbidden Desert, uh, desert of Pasana, another desert planet for fuck's sake. Uh, that's where Luke's trail went cold. 
Which How I'm... do they not see the festival when they're landing? <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's a good point. They're like, where did this come from? I know. What the hell? Um, yeah, there's a big there's a big festival. They're like, wow. And a local gives Ray a necklace um, in a very, very, very scripted, tr- transparently scripted moment is like Ray is sad when she can't share her family name after it, the, the local shares their family name. What kind of locals like I'm so and so from this family? <laughs> Where's well, what what's your family? I mean, Get it's an alien here. culture. So I'll, eh, I'll let that slide. I'm not letting anything slide. Get the hell out of here. Um, so in this moment, Kylo does this like force bonding that she he does with Ray and did a lot in The Last Jedi, which is actually an element of The Last Jedi that I did not mind um, and is able to find no, out where neither. she is in that way. What, John? No, me neither. I'm sorry. I, I do like oh, the whole okay. like I thought maybe force telekinesis, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. I thought they're like force FaceTime chats basically were kind <laughs> of the, the best part about Last Jedi. Like, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But again, I feel like it should be severed right because snoke is dead and ray kind of closed it off so i think it's stupid that it's back i think it's like used to cool effect here with certain like shots and things but i just i objected being in here at all there is one moment where i think this one like one of the very few things i think this movie succeeds in is a payoff for that yeah you probably know what i'm referring to we'll get we'll get to it later so he ren asks Ray, why he didn't, why she didn't take his hand in Last Jedi, and he, she's like, well, why didn't you kill me? Um, and she's like, you're serving Palpatine now. He's like, no, I'm not. Um, he says he's gonna find her, turn her to the dark side. Ray, after this moment ends, Ray's like, we need to get out of here now. A stormtrooper then corners them and is killed by Lando in disguise. Right. Um, don't care. Yeah. Um, Lando is like, only two wayfinders were made, and we do the math in our heads. Kylo had one. <laughs> All right. So there's one more. So he said he and Luke were on Pasana trailing an old Jedi hunter named Ochi of Bastoon, who had a clue to the Wayfinder. So they decide to go head to Ochi's ship uh, on the desert. And we get a little, I've got a bad feeling about this from Lando. Um, also, can we no. camp on what Lando is doing here? Did he just decide after they like couldn't find the Wayfinder, like, I guess I'll live on Pasana forever? So here's some fan fiction. He had a one-night stand with a local, got her pregnant, and now he's just kind of there as like a distant father. He like he's like can't he's like barely in his son's life. Well, it's funny that you say distant father, because we'll get to him being a distant father in what is possibly the most egregious thing that should not be paid off. That's a nice way of saying worst part of the movie, arguably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then again, you could say that about a lot of different things. So we get this action scene, this chase scene throughout the desert. Um, These trooper speeders are like, like they can launch the backseat trooper into the air who have like jetpacks. And we get this like very like jokey, like they fly now, uh, eye roll. And eventually, always with the jokes, always with the jokes. jokes. Eventually, the last remaining Sky Trooper blows up the the transports that the our crew are riding on. They land in like this quicksand. And before they sink, Finn, um, the the filmmakers want us to remember that Finn loves Ray, which is a through line that just never works. It's always bad. They should have never had that ever. And Finn's like, Ray, I never told you. And then they sink. He's not. He's not telling her he's in love with her. What do you think he's telling her? Oh, I know what he's telling her because again, you have to look into outside things. What he he is telling her that he's force sensitive. That's what he was going to say. Really? Yes. That seems like that's what, what I took. That from seems it too. like retconning that he that he loves her. 
Well, from what I read, like that's what he was trying to tell her that he. I mean, I sensitive. I would prefer that, but I'm still not convinced that this movie isn't trying to like show that he loves her, and then he's just distracted. But maybe I'm wrong. Either way, it sucks. The so, fun part is they never ever uh, explain what he was going to say, so you can make up the answer in your head. Yeah, true, true, true. And then later he gets like weird force powers that they just kind of gloss over and no one cares about. Right. Yeah. So they land in a cave underground. Uh, Ray's like, what were you going to say? And he's like, I'll tell you later. Uh, and then there's a little bit of fun bickering with Poe. I actually kind of like the moment where Poe's like, why are you guys keeping secrets? Like, include me. Um, it's I don't know. It's it makes him seem like kind of like a like a nag, but whatever. Um, they found uh, they find Ochi's skeleton and a dagger inscribed with six Sith texts indicating the location of the Wayfinder. 3PO is like. I can read it, but my programming forbids me from translating it. So I'm like, I know where it is. I thought that was kind of funny, too. I actually I kind of like that because it does make sense. Like the Sith language would be a very taboo thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Where where this goes emotionally or the the attempted emotional beat with 3PO is not good. But we'll get to that in in a bit. So this sand serpent confronts them because we need the filmmakers need to foreshadow that Ray can heal people by giving them their her force energy. Yes. Um, Cause she had his wounds and she approaches it and heals it. Um, and she's like, I just transferred a bit of life force energy from me to him. Remember that as they head back to the ship, Ray senses Kylo's presence and confronts him there. Uh, this is a cool moment. Um, it's a little stupid. It's kind of like a pissing contest <laughs> in a way. Like, she like runs at him when he's speeding towards her in his TIE fighter. And then she backflips over it and slices off one of its wings. And then Kylo crashes. That's a kind of cool moment ruined by the trailer, by the fact that it's in the trailer. And I get yeah. that you got to put it in the trailer because it's probably the most visually cool thing that happens in the movie. It's one, Yeah, it's one of them. Top three for sure. Yeah. So the Knights of Ren, in the meantime, capture Chewie and the dagger. And oh, and the Falcon, which is like not revealed, I think, and or maybe someone says it with dialogue. You see it. You see them towing it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> not not immediately. Not until they're off planet, I think. Maybe it's true. Um, but in the attempt to get Chewie back, Ray tries to use the Force to stop the First Order ship from flying away. Which, like, when it happens, like she just turns and kind of throws up her hand, and it's it's basically like this is her first idea. And I'm like, whose first idea would be that <laughs> to be like, I will stop the entire ship with the force. I mean, I, it, what else can you do, though, in that I moment? Guess. But again, I mean, she's yeah, she's super strong. It's kind of kind of crazy. Um, anyway, so Kylo tries to stop her and they're kind of like playing tug of war with the ship. Um, and then Ray accidentally getting angry, blows up the first order of ship with force lightning. Now, the idea generally that Ray has dark side powers is not explored enough and should have been explored more in the earlier films. And so they're kind of trying to force most of it into this movie. And I don't think that works, but he got to have to just take it for what it is. So, yeah. So she, she blows up the first order ship. It gets like thinking Chewie's dead now because Chewie was allegedly on that ship. I don't remember how he's not, but whatever. Um, so they all think he's dead. And Kylo looks very intrigued by Ray's ability to use force lightning. Um, so everyone kind of goes their separate way or Ray Ren leaves Ray and the rest of them leave on OG's ship and they head to, well, they head to the planet of Kajimi, but I guess before Kajimi, there's a moment in space and there is like, they're on the ship, they're on OG's ship and 
Ray tells Finn that she's scared about her power. Um, she says she had a vision of her and Kylo sitting on the Sith throne. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think of that? Is I it mean, earned? Nah, it's, I don't, fine, I guess. I don't know, because every Star Wars Jedi protagonist has to have some kind of like toying with the dark side plot line. So, I mean, it's not out of left field. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I none of that really works for me. I'll I'll try to stop like parking on things like that because really the general summary is that it doesn't work for me. <laughs> um, it is it is very quickly revealed that Julie yeah. is still alive. Way, way too quickly revealed. <laughs> also, can I make a bold suggestion here? Kill Chewie. Fucking kill Chewie. Yes. Just let him die. They should not have toyed with that at all. You no, either just don't no. do it in the first place or actually kill him. The in-between yeah, is cowards. so, so stupid. Yeah, complete coward. It's like they'd want, they didn't want to make kids cry. I don't know. Yeah. Stupid. That's so, the only thing I want. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> on the ship, 3PO says that the inscription on the dagger is stored in his memory. And so they all decide to go to this black market droid smith on Kajimi. That's why they go there. Um, to extract the Wayfinder coordinates from 3PO's memory. And uh, on the ship, BB-8 finds a droid friend that is another like is it a deus ex machina i guess uh voice by voice by jj abrams oh i didn't even remember it had a voice yeah yeah anyway says no thank you yeah so so now they get to kajimi sorry uh there are stormtroopers everywhere in kajimi they're kind of like trying to duck and avoid them all and the knights of ren are there too because they're ghouls and they are just everywhere poe is cornered by an old flame Zori Bliss, Carrie Russell. I love Carrie Russell generally. I I think she has just a like a grace, uh, and I think her voice is very beautiful. And so I'm happy she's in this movie, even though she's given nothing to do. Aaron, uh, there's a moment later where Zori shows up, and I don't want to miss it. Um, I'm I'm going to say something to you that I and John, to you too, if you played this game, um, which I assume you probably have. Aaron, because you're going to rewatch this movie, and I want you to think about this every yes, single time she shows up. When Cat shows up on Sector Z in Star Fox, oh and my like, god, Cat! Oh, okay. You just completely, yeah, that's locked in my brain now. There's, there's I, I, no, I want you to never forget that. There's no forgetting it. Also, fun uh, trivia fact I learned about this film: uh, Carrie Russell was so into playing this character that she kept the helmet on like the entire time she was on set. Yeah, like J.J. Abrams, like didn't see her face, which like when I heard that in the pre-release, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I kind of forgot about it. Then seeing the film, I'm like, yeah, but what the fuck for? It's not like yeah. the character really does anything. Right. I don't mind. I, I I don't mind the introduction of a character like this that has a history with Poe. Doesn't I, I would think it would have been better to like, introduce a character like that in Last Jedi, even just for a little bit and then bring her back. Um, But I, I, I don't mind this character. Uh, I just. There's really nothing for her to do. And it's a shame that Carrie Russell can't be used more in a movie that has no time to do anything with anyone. So she mentions that Poe used to run Spice and it leads to like a I, I, an interaction I think is funny um, where like they're just like, oh, you were a Spice runner. He's like, you were a stormtrooper. And she, Ray was like, you were a Spice runner. He's like, you were a scavenger. We could do this all night. <laughs> I think that's good. That's some good dialogue. Yeah, that was funny. So Zori is going to turn them all in, um, but then Ray just kicks everyone's ass like handily. So Zori takes them to Babu Frick, 
this tiny little cute Bobby alien Frick. that I, I liked when I first saw it. I was like, Babu Frick and Claw are the only good things about this movie. <laughs> now I just think Babu Frick is just like another transparent, like, let's shove a cute alien in this movie. Um, again, I'm already in a sour mood when I'm watching this. So it's like, I'm going to criticize that. I guess ultimately it's not like a big, big deal, but whatever. So Babu Frick gets the coordinates from 3PO's memory before that there is a extremely rushed attempt at an emotional moment where they have to wipe all of 3PO's memory to get these coordinates, which, you know, I don't, your mileage may vary on, on C3PO. I, I'm, I've never really been a fan of him. I think they're his, his interactions with R2 are fun. And I like him as the butt of a joke, but I don't really like the idea of using him for an emotional moment, period. That said, the attempt at doing so is so rushed that there it it, it falls completely flat. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's it's the chewy thing all over again um, because of what ultimately results from this whole stupid memory wipe thing. Except um, Chewie's a way better character. Well, yeah, Chewie's a way better character. But like, I understand the idea of, you know, C-3PO, he's been around since episode one, like, it would be meaningful to do something big with this character in episode nine, but this isn't it. Yeah. They, they like cut away very quickly to like Poe and Zori having a, a good conversation. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a shame that they thought that this would work, but anyway. So yeah, Zori, Zori and Poe have this moment. She, she's got like some like badge that will get her past like any first order security. And that comes back in, in just a moment. Seems like bad security. Yeah. Yeah, right? I would say. I mean, yeah. but that's been the thing that's been used in like Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, and now this, right? Of like having like a, either a an, a ship from the Empire or First Order and or like credentials to get past their security. Yeah, true. Don't forget the Obi Wan Kenobi TV oh, show. Yeah, I I did because I didn't I didn't finish it. <laughs> oh no, but I I did see that part. Okay, <laughs> when they sneak on the thing. You're right. You're right. So. So now they've got these coordinates, and it, if I didn't mention before, it the Wayfinder um, is in an Empire vault on a moon of Endor. That's a, a kind of important. But um, Endor's already a moon, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not. It's the forest moon of Endor. The John, forest I, moon of Endor. I, could, I thought maybe you were just mocking people who always mess, <laughs> mix that up. No, I messed it up. It's, it would it, be. It doesn't matter. Because it would, and I don't mean this as an insult. It would be like you to correct somebody <laughs> on something like that. <laughs> Somewhat like ironically, I guess. Or um, that's not the word. You know. So ray mentions um to finn that she recognizes ochi's ship as the same ship that her parents left on when they left her on jakku this also kind of feels very quickly glossed over but that comes back in a little bit too ray also at this point senses chewie's presence and they decide to go rescue him hooray um so yeah so the crew uses the magical medallion and are able to get on the ship holding chewie um, Ray force talks some stormtroopers into finding Chewie's cell. And like, I, I think this moment's kind of fun. Um, I like when people use the force to cloud others' minds and not just kind of use it for fighting. I, I laughed at like, yeah, you are happy that we are here. And he's like, thank goodness you're here. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, Ray senses the Sith dagger on the ship and leaves to find it. I like how like this movie again, it just it can't slow down. Ray's like, guys, we got to go find Chewie. They go up there. She's like, guys, I got to go find the dagger. And they're like, what the fuck? We're here for Chewie. Yeah. Um, so Poe and Finn decide to go find Chewie. 
Something I noticed here is if you pay attention to how they hold their blasters, Poe holds his blaster in such a like cop way with like two hands and kind of like a, a weaver style. Whereas Finn just one hands it all the time. This is really nitpicky, but Finn was the stormtrooper and Poe was the outlaw. So shouldn't that be switched? Shouldn't that, Finn have like a very like soldier like? That's, that's an incredible observation. Yes, you're yeah, right. Right. I just noticed it for the first time watching it. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't, it doesn't. Like, Finn be the disciplined stormtrooper? You would think. Yeah. But he was also. It seemed like he was a pretty bad stormtrooper. Well, I mean, not to explain it away. I think that you're right. I think it that's that's wrong. Yeah. Um, so Finn and Poe rescue Chewie and they make a break for it. But Poe is shot, which we immediately forget because he's fine for the rest of the film. Um, and they're quickly surrounded. Ray, meanwhile, enters Ren's private chambers, which fine. But how? Right. Do you think he would lock it? I guess. But she's in there. <laughs> um, she sees Vader's helmet and other dark artifacts, including the Sith dagger. And she and Ren begin kind of a force connection encounter where he is still on planet and she is still on the ship, although he does not know where she is. He claims to know the rest of her story, which she is intrigued by. And he tells her that Palpatine gave the order to kill her parents after Palpatine could not find her. Um, we'll get to the bottom of why that is in just a minute. Poe, Finn, and Chewie are about to be executed when they're saved by the spy, who turns out to be General Hux. Basically, they're like, we don't know what to do with him. We'll just make him a spy, right? Because he's still in the movie. Like, what? I mean, what do you guys think? That might be my favorite part of the movie. Jim, I, James, I was sitting next to you in the theater. When he turn when he turns around and says, I'm the spy, you blurted out laughing in like a dead silent theater. And it is in the way he says it too. He's I'm just the like spy. it's me. Yeah. I, he does, I, he's not even like heroically. He's like, I'm the spy. It's like I did again what? while I was when I was rewatching it. It's it's so great. And there's like a it's zoom fine. in on his face too. It's pretty yeah. good. It, <laughs> It's, but I was also laughing at like they're like what you I knew it I knew you it did not no, didn't um well it's also so his, stupid his justification is he's like I don't care who wins I just want to see Kylo Ren lose and I'm like I don't what like okay like that it seems like very stupid but fine I guess I don't know what do you guys think about that no it's not fine. Okay, good. None of this is fine. <laughs> you were allowed to say it's not fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't care if you win. I need kind of red to lose. Oh, my God. It's um, definitely one of those things where, like, when they first cast Dom Hall Gleason in Force Awakens, he became, like, a bigger actor in between that movie and this movie. So they wanted him to, like, do more. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, listen, if this sequel trilogy did anything besides propel his career, then then good job, because he's a good actor. Yeah, I like his character. Yeah. Well, I like I think he's a good actor in general. I'm not a huge Hux head. <laughs> Hux head. <laughs> you know. um, so they arrive back at the hangar with Ochi's ship where Ray is met by Kylo Ren. Ren reveals to her that she is, in fact, Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. Which is why Palpatine wants her dead. He can no. see what she. Well, no, yes. you're, no, you're right, but no, but yes, no, 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 but yes, no, <laughs> but yes, no. <laughs> what what woman banged Palpatine? Well, okay, here's and then the and then what woman banged his son? <laughs> here's the, here's the thing. Outside materials. Uh... 
that it was actually a clone. It was not his son. It was a young clone of him that fucked some lady. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like there's Any two dots to connect and someone just scribbles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, give, give, make sure to give him some scars. Make sure to make his head look like a testicle like mine. Oh my God. Um, so Kylo tells her that as the grandchildren of Vader and Palpatine, they make a dyad in the force. So that's cool. We've never heard of a fourth dyad before, but now we're getting one. Yep. That's my um, favorite line to pull um, at the bars is like, hey, you know, because of our parents, we uh, <laughs> hook up, we make a dyad. My favorite line is, I'm the spy. I'm the spy. Yes. Just, um, like, just look at someone and go, I'm the spy. <laughs> Eileen, I love when the bartender serves drinks and he's like, droid is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But Kylo offers Rey his hand, which she does not take. Um, she escapes on the Millennium Falcon. We cut to General Pride, who tells um, them to contact the First Order, saying that he has found the spy. Um, and he shoots Hux, killing him. Oh, no. Hux. Poor Hux. Yeah. I do kind of like it's how very slapstick. Yeah, it is it very really is. It is very slapstick. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Because, again, everything in this movie comes out of it nowhere. It kind of works. But I also don't necessarily think I believe that Hux didn't suspect that he might be found out pretty easily. Yeah, it seems that way. So we uh, we cut to the Falcon where Ray and Finn are fixing the ship and she discusses wanting to get revenge on Palpatine. Um, Finn says that doesn't sound like her, but Ray kind of pushes him away. So planting the seeds of Ray having some dark side tendencies, I suppose. Yeah. The crew arrive on the forest moon of Endor, the forest moon of Endor. Well, a forest Endor. moon. There are multiple forest moons. God it's not the it. same one. Fine. It's. Not, I mean, it's not the one in, in Jedi. Wait, it's not? No, I don't think so. You think it's a different forest moon? I, I bet it is. John, I think there are multiple forest moons of Chime Endor. In. John, is this the original forest moon or is this a secondary forest? Is yeah, this like the I other don't... island in Jurassic Park? Ooh, it, it might forests be forests on this moon. I see lots of oceans. I don't see forests. Yeah, and I definitely did not see an Ewok at this point. Yep, I'm, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Google moon. it right now. Okay, I'll vamp as you're googling. Uh, so... Yeah, please do. <laughs> okay. Um, while we're figuring that out, in an insanely stupid Indiana Jones-esque moment, Ray reveals that the knife is an exact match to the wreckage. This is one of my biggest complaints of the entire movie so you have to be standing at that exact spot using the knife holding it at that exact angle yeah to find what you're looking for well not only is that silly it makes no sense None. to have a dagger that lines up with i mean landscape in general especially near water because water changes a landscape famous it's called erosion yeah. and also especially wreckage that is in the water Yes. will be even more likely to move it makes no fucking sense it's it is it's, egregious yeah it, and it's like treated as like this cool reveal like whoa and i'm like get the fuck out of here yeah um this endor thing it is like tough to find an answer kind of quickly um it is it's someone says it's a binary star system it has the gas giant endor and it's oh and it's nine moons there you go it's probably it's probably a different moon you're probably yeah you're probably right um however on this moon the crew meet janna who is the leader of a resistance cell on whatever moon this may be 
Um, Janna tells Finn that their whole operation used to be stormtroopers, but they rebelled against the first order. So we get a little connection between her and Finn. I don't think the Finn Janna, whatever they have going on works, nope. um, but they're trying to push it regardless. It's, it's, uh, it makes me wonder if they had the whole Lando idea that is just, just falls so super flat and kind of achieves the opposite effect. And that they work backwards from there. They're like, what if he had this like daughter that he fathered somewhere? At some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. It Yeah. It, it doesn't work. And I mean, wait, it's, so is she was a former stormtrooper too, or was it Correct. just the people she was leading? No, I think her and all of the people she was leading used to be stormtroopers. Okay. See, that's, that's, uh, I mean, also, yeah. How do we feel? I mean, well, he was with Rose and then the movie, the third, this movie like said, you need to be with the black person. Maybe. Okay. I'm glad you said it. I was thinking it. It's, it's, it's not, it's not great. It seems pretty, pretty transparent. Like you were it, like a stormtrooper too, but I don't know. You know, yeah. one has to wonder if there yeah. was some intentionality there and very, it's very like much- Kathleen Kennedy being like, now you two kiss <laughs> me for each other. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine her on set giving direction like that? No, I don't imagine her on set at all. She's I know, no, office, I know. She's not doing anything. I know, she's not. Counting money. <laughs> Counting money. She's on set? Yeah. Star Wars film? <laughs> she wouldn't be caught she's... dead there with those peons. She's watching dailies and like cackling, knowing how much money she's She's make, hanging out. She's having of how low quality the film is. Yeah, she's having caviar with the, the real J.J. Abrams while his clone <laughs> directs the movie <laughs> with his scars. Anyway, so... They all realize at this point that Ray has left them all to go to the wreckage of the second Death Star alone. Oh, and- yes. We should we should clarify that. Um, they're like, well, we can't get to the wreckage now because the water is too choppy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they're yeah. like, well, we don't have time. Because yeah. remember, 16 hours, ticking clock. Finn wants to go after her because, of course, he does. Yeah. Um, he's just obsessed with Ray. Ray! I mean, he does, at least he doesn't uh, yell Ray's name as much like he does in Force Awakens. He yells it a lot, though. Uh, yeah, I guess so. It seems yeah. like not as much. Or at this point, I'm not. Not as much, but I mean, he he definitely yells it. Yeah. So we get a little bit of Poe and Finn arguing, uh, which really goes nowhere and I think is very unearned. Um, But I would say all in all, the idea of the second Death Star be having crash and having to go do something there and it not being like the final, final set piece. I like that. I think it's a cool set piece. I, I generally like this, the, the, the you know, the look of it, the the water, like all the water everywhere. I think that kind of works for me. In yeah, case I forget I, to say it later. I I, I agree. Um, I think it would have been a mistake to have it be the final set piece. Yeah, sure. but it, for something this cool, I, I mean, I think it's kind of wild that it is only like a little half. Like it, it's like I checked the time at this point. It's like I forgot how long the movie goes. It is a long like, movie. Th- but this is like a little over halfway. I thought the movie was going to be over in like 30 minutes after this, but it's not. I forgot how much kind of like throat clearing they have to do before the Exegol battle. I, yeah, I think the movie definitely slows down at the halfway point. I like the first half much more than the second half. The first half, it's breakneck speed, but it's exciting. And it's kind of like, here are your characters and here's their hopping planets and fighting and it's cool. And then the last half, which I, we'll get into, it's just like, like, back and forth shots of just like of, of just a messy battle and then just like 
nothing happening with Ray, which, you know, kind of like with Luke and Return of the Jedi, where it's just the Emperor, like, chiding her. But, yeah, like, th this next part, half of the movie, is just a slog for me. I was I was so ready for it to be over. Yeah. And but that it's only halfway. Yeah. So Ray finds the Wayfinder and then she battles herself, mm. kind of adorned in Sith robes and wearing a, uh, a wielding, not wearing uh, a red lightsaber, an impractical red lightsaber, a double bladed lightsaber, <laughs> but yeah. like a very stupid with a hinge. One. Yeah, with a fucking <laughs> hinge on it. So uh, Sith Ray is like, don't be afraid of who you are. And they just they continue to just rub it in that Ray is like part Sif. Um, I think that they could have achieved the dark side stuff without tying it to Palpatine at all. You can't help but wonder that like they saw like the elements of like Ray embracing the dark side in Duel of the Fates, which is something they kind of tried to retain here, but they thought they needed to explain it better. But they didn't really. I mean, there's been a warning to all Jedi throughout the history of this franchise, like stay away from the dark side, stay away from the dark side, don't give in to your anger. I generally like the idea of embracing the dark side and not just it's it's like a there's like a <laughs> this is a little bold, I guess, but I'm going to liken it to being like priests can't have uh, can't get married. Catholic priests can't get married and can't have sex. Like, just let them get married, you know, like let them like have sex. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you toss in a youngling here and there. Oh, oh god oh, oh. john <laughs> anyway <laughs> moving on um but like you know like it's 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 i the idea of of kind of just like achieving a, a true balance within oneself without forcing out all of the darkness is is a good idea because there's darkness in all of us it's something that i wish was actually explored more in the entire franchise but the to it's so um like two dimensional or one dimensional to have this just be just because she's a Palpatine. It, it just doesn't, it's so upsetting. It, it just doesn't work. So anyway, so Kylo appears and is like, you can't go back to who you were just like I can't. And he crushes the wayfinder and they start to fight. So we cut back to Leia at the base who just go. suddenly walks away yep. from everyone. And Maz is like, to reach her son now will take all the strength she has left. How does Maz know what's going on at all? It's like Maz is watching the movie. It's like Maz is like <laughs> dead, <laughs> is like Deadpool <laughs> and like knows that she, that they're, they're in a movie. <laughs> and it's like explaining and she's like, it. We, we're going to we're gonna have to kill Leia at some point. We may as well do it now. But it's weird that Maz knows this. Like Maz should just have <laughs> just shut up. And Leia just walk away and do this. Like it's 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 an unnecessary line of dialogue. Anyway, so in in the meantime, Finn arrives at the Death Star, approaches Ray and Kylo as they're fighting outside on the wreckage as these like massive waves are crashing around them. Ray, yeah, Ray pushes Finn away and continues to to battle Kylo. I mean, literally force pushes Finn away. Kylo kind of gets the upper hand and is is about to land the killing blow. He hesitates and hears Leia talking to him. He then drops his lightsaber, which like Leia in the meantime is like it's cutting between this. Leia lays down and dies again, killing another favorite character by just having them use their energy to reach somebody or be somewhere else and then dying. I just I don't want to get into the whole Luke thing, but like, yeah, it's like my, my phone only has so much battery. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. except when my phone dies i die <laughs> um so, but like i mean i'll forgive the leia thing i guess because because uh carrie fisher passed away anyway ray uses that opportunity to grab kylo's lightsaber and then stabs him with it so she then quickly heals him and tells him that she did want to take his hand but only ben skywalker's hand um, if in case anyone forgot, Kylo is Ben Skywalker. Yes. Um, so she runs off, steals Kylo's TIE fighter. Love that. That's a nice, <laughs> nice move and heads to Octo. Well, we don't Question. know she's heading to Octo at that moment, but. Question. How does Kylo Ren get to where he gets to later if she stole his ship? Hmm. I don't know. It's not, it's not like those people on the planet are going to help him. Maybe the first order. maybe he like convinced for, first order people to like come get him and then he killed them and took the ship. Yeah, maybe that's but probably. I, but like, I, yeah, they don't. I just like it. Like, I just like that they kind of leave him in the wreckage of the Death Star, and he's like, "Well, fuck. Now what do I do?" I mean, we know what happens, but I just like the mechanics of like, "Well, how do I get out of here?" Yeah, I'm gonna go through the next kind of parts like fast. The movie does a little bit, and and this is the rest of it is just kind of set up for the final, um, the final final set piece. So we caught to the, like the resistance base, like everyone there, like mourning Lay, Leia, Finn, <laughs> Pin and Foe, uh, and, Fo, and, and, and Chewie. Um, they like arrive back and they're told the news. Chewie cries. It's like two seconds. Um, and then back on the Death Star wreckage, Kylo has uh, he talks with like a vision of his dad. We get um, and I feel like the theater cheered. Did they cheer, John, when when Han was back? Yeah. Whereas I don't it, mind this. It, I, I don't mind it either, but I, I just ever since like it became so obvious that Harrison Ford hates Han Solo, that it just is funny to me that he's in the sequel trilogy at all. Well, so again, outside information, um, I saw either an interview or read an interview where they asked him about this and he's like, yeah, like they asked me if I want to be back. They said it would be for one scene. So I said, yes. <laughs> so he probably gave him a nice. Pick. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but they have this moment that mirrors when Kylo killed him, where he's where Kylo has the line, like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And instead of, you know, <laughs> it'd be funny if he just tried to kill, kill the vision. <laughs> and, so, and Han's like, buddy, that doesn't we work. Tried, we tried this. And he's like, You're shit. This. <laughs> uh, but Kylo throws his lightsaber into the sea and kind of becomes Ben Skywalker again. I'm glad that Kylo doesn't die a villain. Um, I'm okay with that. But at the same time, I guess I shouldn't be okay with that because I hate the Palpatine stuff. And if you don't have Palpatine, who would have been the villain since Snoke would have been dead? I guess really the only way to have ended this trilogy would have been to have, without like introducing a brand new villain, would have been to have Kylo be the villain. And it makes sense the Duel of the Fates did make Kylo be the villain. I mean, Kylo does kind of turn at the end, but he's still the villain. Well, because the whole time, I think the question of The Last Jedi is like, can he be turned, right? And the answer very definitively at the end of The Last Jedi is no. He makes his choice. He's very clearly in the villain camp. And so J.J. Abrams and crew come around and they're like, well, shit, we got to redeem him somehow. Whereas I think you're right. The Duel of the Fates script that went with him as like the, the villain of the film, I think, works better and makes more sense in light of how Last Jedi ends. But they do redeem him at the end of Duel of the Fates, just not till the very end. It's it, it's it's I, I think that that would have worked better, like to have Leia talk to him, be like, remember who you are, like. 
I think it's a good, I, I don't need, the villain doesn't have to be the, the evil snarling villain constantly until the very end and they die a villain. I don't mind when a villain doesn't die a villain, but they need to remain the villain throughout like the trilogy. And so having Palpatine is just awful. And so really the only way to do it was to have Kylo and this movie really F that up. Yeah. So we cut to Palpatine telling General Pride to come to Exegol. Oh, hold on. Um, I'm sorry, James. I hate to cut you off. Um, what business does Han Solo have coming back as a ghost? He's not force sensitive. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. Well, well no, everyone he's a memory. is, John. Everyone's force sensitive. No, stop it. <laughs> they kidding. say, but he doesn't say he's a ghost. He says he's a memory. It's the I same guess, thing. Yeah, wow. you're right. I guess that we are we are glossing over that. It's a little ridiculous that he is able to do that. Hmm. No, I, I I see what you're saying, Aaron. It is not physically a ghost because he's not spooky and blue. He's not like, like a furious. Uh, true, Luke was. he's not a force spirit. That's yeah. true. So Pride uh, uses one of the Exegol Star Destroyers to destroy Kajimi. They're like, destroy something that they love. <laughs> it's like, we don't care about <laughs> why, Kajimi. Yeah, why do they yet, love Kajimi? Yet again, the sequel trilogy destroys planets in a way we, we we have no emotional attachment to them um because now star destroyers can destroy planets too which Good. is great the the, the idea of to continuously try, like up these stakes is so stupid i hated it in force awakens i hate that they do it in this i wish it would have just been an armada of star destroyers I, you don't need to have them you have the ability to destroy planets but whatever so the resistance receives this very threatening broadcast to surrender or die. It's being broadcast throughout the entire galaxy. Um, Lando arrives to give some little encouragement to Poe. Uh, the cone droid from earlier, J.J. Abrams, the droid. Uh, yeah. reveals D.O. D.O., yes. Uh, reveals that it knows Ochi was supposed to take Rey to the Emperor. Um, and I think it also knows... It doesn't know where Exegol is because they use Ray for that. So it just knows more about what's going on there. And like, I, I, remind me, they, do they use it to figure out like the communication system between the Star Destroyers? I forget. I My eyes were really gl like glazed over at this point. I literally don't even remember. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Those are acceptable answers. So on Octo, Ray throws away Luke's lightsaber. Um, Luke's force spirit then catches it and speaks to Ray, convinces her to go help save the galaxy so the Jedi and the war aren't lost forever. And he tells her that Leia knew Ray was a Palpatine, which begs the question why wouldn't you say it? And also, did Luke know and also didn't say it? Like, he says it's so, like, Leia knew. And Ray's like, but she trained me anyway. Again, another moment that falls completely flat. All the Palpatine and Palpatine Jason stuff, just boo. Yeah. So he gives Ray Leia's lightsaber and tells her to take both his saber and Leia's to Exegol. Because oh, that, that iconic lightsaber. Leia's lightsaber, the one we all know. The one I, that's been in the series. That's I like... So no. I like the idea that Leia has a lightsaber. I actually kind of wish that maybe Force Awakens had done like a flashback with Luke training Leia and kind of established that Leia had one also. That would have been nice. But so Luke's Force Spirit then raises his X-Wing out of the water for um, Rey to take to Exegol. And Rey uses the other Wayfinder from Kylo's TIE Fighter to get to Exegol. And there's like a scene very quickly, like, again... Commit to 3PO losing his memory, too. Like, commit to Chewie dying. Uh, 3PO gets his memory restored by R2, which I yeah, guess so is kind of a sweet moment, but, like, 
shouldn't have really been a thing in the first place. Just fucking do it. Just pull the trigger. You know what? Like, Just kill C-3PO. Yeah, fine. Do that. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah. So Ray transmits the location of her X-Wing to the resistance so they can find her um find Exegol 2. Uh we get a shot of my boy Nya Nub. Um Nub. Sh- shout yeah. out to this guy. Major, majorly mad about this movie, uh killing him. Um, this some bullshit. Uh, unearned and frankly just uh, an affront um, to to everything I love and so they start planning their attack on the final order fleet in Exegol uh, their plan is to send out a plea for help around the galaxy they uh, are going to target the ship's cannons and just, uh, this is my best at like doing a one pass like I didn't rewind <laughs> it's like my first <laughs> attempt at writing this down was like they're going to target the ship's cannons and destroy some communication towers to affect their nope, navigation you got it that's it all right cool um oh yeah this is the holdo maneuver part yes. <laughs> yeah we're talking about hands like we should do some holdo maneuvers do some real damage <laughs> Come on, that's moves one in a million. Uh, I, as I said earlier, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's actually pretty straightforward. You just line it up and it, send the ship away. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. And so, and then, yeah, this is really when the uh, the final final set piece starts. Yeah. Um, so we have Ray arriving on Exegol, and as you mentioned, the Resistance now knows how to find her. Uh, their plan is to blow up the navigation tower guiding the fleet, but General Pride has that signal transferred to his command ship. Um, here's where we get Finn having weird force sensitivity, force powers. Finn just gets a feeling that it's on that ship, and they're like, sounds great, let's do it. Um, which at this point, I mean, they don't have many other options, but it just seems strange. They'd be like, I don't know, guys, Finn has a feeling. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so Finn begins a ground invasion, a ground invasion, but on top of a Star Destroyers with space horses along with Janna. <laughs> yeah. Now that sounds cool. But it's no, not. it doesn't. I don't think it sounds cool. <laughs> it sounds kind of cool, like a ground, like the space horse invasion on top of a star destroyer. That doesn't sound cool to you. To, to each his own. Not for now. Me. Here's what's unquestionably cool. Ray enters <laughs> a coliseum full. Now, when I say coliseum, you're thinking like football stadium, right? No, no imagine that times like 15. Right. It's like it, truly massive. Well, I mean, is it? Is, it seems as big as like the Geonosis Coliseum. No, it seems bigger than that. Does it? Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe I it, missed that. It seems like an enormous Coliseum full <clears throat> of chanting. Actually, Sith you're right. It's it's bigger. Yeah, full of chanting yeah. Sith ghouls. Do you wish more Star Wars movies were full of chanting Sith ghouls? One un- unquestionably, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, again, I saw this movie at, like, 3 in the afternoon, like, on a Tuesday, 3D. Like, there was no one in the theater, right? It was, like, me and, like, three other people. Um, When this scene happened, I laughed so loud and so delightedly. Like, I can't even tell you. Ray entering the Coliseum of Chanting Sith Ghouls, like, is maybe one of the top ten moments in all of film that I will remember until the day I die. You know, you know... Yeah, and sorry. I remember it with joy and love. I wish that someone would do an edit of them chanting um, the chant from Dark Knight Rises, and oh. Ray's, and Ray's like, "What are they saying?" <laughs> Rise. That, that would be great. I'm sure there's a cut of that on YouTube somewhere. Basa, basa, he, basa, basa, There is also the throne of the Sith because such a thing exists. Um, yeah. Is that one end? 
Also, is there any more evil looking throne in all of fiction? Well, so what what is going on here? Like, is Palpatine just there, it, like standing in front of the throne, but he's like got this machinery connected to him because he's not fully back? Yes, that seems to be it. He yeah. he literally can't even sit down because there's this like giant spike driving through his. Back, how does he I go? Guess. How does he go to the bathroom? You know what? When you're Emperor Palpatine, you just piss your. Maybe they, there's a catheter and it goes to the <laughs> the tank of Snoke's like that that green like what it was actually it's all just his urine. Piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Palpatine reveals himself, um, and he says that he never wanted her dead. Just to see her here as the new empress. Does that ring true or make sense based on the plot of the film we have just been watching? No. No, not at all. Of course he wanted her dead. I don't understand this. It, it, is this a filmmaker error? Is this a Palpatine like repositioning? What is this? I, <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all just a hot mess, this whole idea yeah. of the movie. So he reveals that if Rey kills him, the spirits of all the Sith will pass into her, including him. So previously in Star Wars, we were led to believe that the Sith were, there's always two, right? A master and an apprentice, and they're the master of the dark side of the force, presumably, right? Now we're retconning all that. Now, if you're a Sith, you are all of the Sith. And the only way that Sith can, there can be a new Sith is if an apprentice kills their master and inherits the spirit of all of the Sith that came before and becomes like an amalgamation of themselves and all of the Sith, I guess. Is that sure. What we understand? Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's very stupid and it makes no sense, right? So we cut to Finn and Janna knocking out the navigation tower on the command ship. So now that's kind of said and done. Um, Palpatine opens the roof so that Ray can see the battle raging above them. Um, he does the old emperor song and dance about you're the only one who can save them now, right? We had Snoke do that. We had Palpatine do that in um, Return of the Jedi. It's also a classic. Like let's 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 pull the curtain back so you can see your friends dying in space. I mean, Last Jedi did it. Return of the Jedi did it. Yeah, uh, this is doing it. This is doing it again. Um, ben arrives on the planet. Great. How did he get here? We don't know. <laughs> um, Finn attempts a brave sacrifice that ultimately goes nowhere because he gets saved later. But Finn's like, I have to do this. Me alone. And Jenna's like, I'm staying with you, even though we just met. Um, it's very stupid. Yeah. Um, ben is confronted by the Knights of Ren as Rey is goaded by Palpatine into killing her. This I like. This is, I think this is what you were referring to earlier. Yes, I, yeah. I think this moment is awesome. It's the, it's like the only thing in this whole movie I would describe as like pretty awesome. Yeah, this redeems their force connection still existing. So I, I love the passing. I love like the, the physical motion that, that both of like the physical acting they both have. I love the passing of the lightsaber. I love that Kylo shrugs before he kills yeah. the Knights of Ren. Yeah. So, so cool. It's like it, it makes me it gives me that same almost the same kind of feeling that I have in the throne room scene in Last Jedi where I'm like this scene in itself is phenomenal or this Everything moment around it. I mean, that's like the entire scene is phenomenal. This is just like a moment yeah. that it belongs in a better movie. I do love when she pulls her hand back and it's empty and she kind of just like gives this look like, gotcha. It's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he dispatches the Knights of Ren, um, which again, like I wish the Knights of Ren had more to do, um, yeah. but they're all dead now. Um, so as Ben and Ray confront the other thing too, um, I do like that when Ben joins her and they fight together, they both lift up their lightsabers at the same time and snap their heads up. I, I like that moment. That's kind of fun. Yeah. 
Um, so as Ben and Ray confront Palpatine, their dyad powers seem to restore him to life for reasons of plot. Um, and he begins to suck the life out of them, apparently. So great. Um, he gets a new robe. That's fun. So he sucks all the life out of them, although they're not dead. But it's enough for him to revive himself with a new robe. Fun. Um, and so, yeah, that's where we're at. It's very stupid. Um, in the space battle outside, Snap Waxley dies. Do we know Snap Waxley? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Snap Waxley oh. dies. <laughs> which remember. is what makes Poe lose hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's Greg, right. Uh, Greg, Greg Grunberg. Greg Grunberg. JJ uh, Abrams, long, long time favorite actor. Yeah, that's um, can't, fly a, can't fly a plane to save his life. And, no. and he's no he's no Jet Porkins, that's for sure. He's no Porkins, that's true. So Poe loses hope when Snap Laxley dies. And um just then a giant group of ships shows up to support the resistance with our boy Babu Frick. And Wedge Antilles. Don't and forget we- yeah. for, for a half a second. For a half they a got- second. Did he not want to be, be like do this? They're like, okay, we'll get you in full costume, put you on set, we'll record two like two words of dialogue. John, John, he, that's all I want to do. He didn't leave. He didn't go to a set. He probably just got put in front of a green screen in his apartment. Yeah, <laughs> that's <you know>. true. <laughs> but either way, uh, yeah, Zori appears too, and we get that Falco cat dialogue. Oh, that okay. Now that you said that, Zori, I mean, you made it. Yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. So um, but the other thing that's kind of confusing mm-hmm. is when they're like, who are these people? Are they like, is it an army? And they're like, no, sir. It's just people. <laughs> but then if it's just a bunch of people with a bunch of regular ships, mm-hmm. how can they fight? So here's here's a here's a nitpick. Do you believe that that many people across the galaxy would show up on a whim? Were they told what they're up against? Because if they were. I bet most of them wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> well, also, I like how they're recycling the plot point of like, we called for help from The Last Jedi, but no one came. And then in this movie, it's like, we called for help. And for reasons unknown and for reasons that are unclear how it's different from last time, everyone showed up. I mean, I guess you're everyone supposed to assume that like the entire galaxy got that broadcast and people were like, well, not on my watch. I'm not, you know, but like there's always that thing in movies where it's like there's the evil that's the, the threat. And so many people are like, what, what can we do? It's hopeless. Like, I just don't I don't know if I buy that this many people across the galaxy would show up on a whim um, that quickly. But Probably. who knows how much time has actually passed? Yeah. So uh, cutting back to Rain Palpatine, he tosses Ben into a void that has opened up into the ground. Uh, and he unleashes a lightning attack against the entire resistance fleet, somehow not hitting his own fighters. My brother uh, asked me about this and because we were talking about, you know, the ramping up of scaling. But he's like, does this feel in any way, shape or form like something the emperor could actually do based on what we know of him in episodes one through six? And I said, no, I, I think that we were supposed to assume that like him getting power from the dyad is increasing his power beyond anything we've ever seen. I would agree that there's no, there's nothing to suggest in the past that this is consistent with his power. But I think the assumption is that he's more powerful now than he's ever been. Oh, I see. What do you think his midichlorian count is at this point? Ooh, oh, it's, it's off the charts. Question, John. Off yeah. the charts. I would say two Anakin's. Wow. Two Anakin's. I'm going to go, I'm going to go three and a half Yoda's. <laughs> or an Anakin to the power of Yoda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, witnessing the resistance imminent defeat, Ray pleads for the lost Jedi masters to be with her, you know, echoing back to the beginning of the film. Um, they respond to her and tell her to rise. Um, we get a lot of voice cameos from various Star Wars characters. 
Um, and they tell her every Jedi who has ever lived lives in you. Really, though, is that is anything about Jedi led us to believe that? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't no. think that's true. You get Qui Gon. You get. It wouldn't be funny if they're just like they called Liam Neeson. And they're like Lisa, my my Lisa, Lisa, Liam, my boy. Um, quick, quick question. Can you? And so they didn't have to pay him. Like, can you say Ray really quick? Ray, and he's like, "All right, we got it." And they, like, record, they recorded the call, hung up on him. <laughs> hey, I did the rest. Um, or like at some point in the Taken movies, he must have said Ray. That's <laughs> probably that. true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so Ray and Palpatine have a clash of Force Lightning versus her lightsaber. Um, she says, or he says, "I am all the Sith." Um, and Ben crawls back from the void and tosses her her uh, Leia's lightsaber, so she has two lightsabers. And counteracting his force lightning, uh, Ray proclaims boldly, and I am all the Jedi. Um, and she repels Palpatine's lightning back at him until he is dissolved away into nothing. In a clash as stupid as in Harry Potter, when him and Voldemort clashed the last time, Harry's spell is Expelliarmus. What? <laughs> it's so stupid. They don't have a lightsaber fight. She just repels his own lightning back at him. It's very no, she's all the Jedi. They don't need to fight. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's very stupid. And I am all the wizards. Like, Harry, you're going up against wizard Hitler, and he's bringing about a cadaver, and you're tossing out Expelliarmus. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? So were you were you never a fan of that? Not to go too far on the tangent. I was always, I always hated that. I'm like, Harry's going down with Expelliarmus. That's all, Harry's a terrible, This I'm sorry, we're getting into Harry Potter corner, but he's a horrible wizard. He knows like four spells and he uses Expelliarmus all the time. Aaron, we are, we're 100% within hopefully the next like three months, we're, we're doing a Harry Potter movie. Yes. If I had my druthers, we would do Goblet of Fire. <laughs> oh, that's the worst one. I see. I I think it's so bad. I, I like it. Okay. I you could but convince me. Of it's that. got real Attack of the Clones energy for me in that in that regard. Okay. You you've convinced me. Let's do that. We'll do Goblet of Fire. Okay. Anyway, that was Harry Potter Corner. Um, we got a last minute rescue of Finn by the Falcon. Remember, Finn was going to go do something bold and brave by himself. But guess what? He got rescued. So who cares? Um, we get one last moment before Kylo Ren dies. Um, how do we feel about the pregnancy conspiracy theory? I think it's silly. I think it's, I don't buy it. Do we know of this, John? No, but I, I can probably put it together based on what you, is he inseminating her with the force? He like touches her and he touches like her stomach before he dies. And people think that he's like force impregnating her. That's not very consensual. Uh, I mean, neither was him entering her mind in Last Jedi. I mean, technically, yeah. this wouldn't be the first time. But like, I, I don't, I don't buy him doing this. I'm more focused on the fact that they kiss. I hate it. It doesn't yeah, I don't. work at all. It's completely unearned. So stupid. No, I we need to stop kissing in movies. Yeah, no more kissing. I would it's say over the pan stuff or nothing. <laughs> um yeah and we've kind of talked about his redemption arc it's stupid but i i think the kiss is more egregious than him getting redeemed for i sure. think this movie doesn't do a good redemption arc but i do think that i i like the story idea of giving him one yeah, i like the idea yes mm -hmm. but i think the execution as you said is very poor it's not one of the it's not in the top worst things of this movie for i would no. uh, that's i guess that's a that list is so a compliment <laughs> oh yes yeah. The only other thing that we didn't mention, probably the most important thing about this scene, is that Nia Dub dies. Oh, um, yes. 
unearned, um, just totally just really upsetting. Kill Cloud or Claude. Claude. I mean, Claude. No. Claude is the future of the franchise. Fair enough. (laughs) Anything else on the X-Gulls scene? Mm, No, that's about it. Anything else, John? No, it's I mean, it ends exactly how you think it's going to go, which isn't really a complaint, but down in flames. um, yeah, the entire time I'm thinking, okay, let's let's get it over with. It's the Pal- Palpatine just like reciting lines. It's I don't know. I don't know if it's just another old man thing. It's just annoying. It's kind of just like he's just saying sound bites. And, and another thing, like how often does Ray just like have this doe eyed look in her in her face and then just like mutters to herself throughout this movie? Yeah. I forget if she does it explicitly in this scene, but there's so many where she's just like, I don't know, blah blah blah. And she's like looking off in the distance. It's, I don't know, everyone needs to stop talking, stop kissing, and just get the movie over. With. <laughs> I, don't come to, I don't pay for a movie ticket to sit through the movie. This movie should have been all, to get it over with. no kissing and all holdo maneuvers. Also, I like how you put no talking. So what would the movie be? It would, it would literally be a silent movie. <laughs> well, and actually, I, there's, a, there's like a little test I do sometimes with movies where I'm like, would this be better as a silent black and white movie? Like if you switch it to oh. black and white and put it on mute... What does that make the movie better? And isn't I do that what, this with uh, some films. Isn't that what Soderbergh did with um, Raiders of the Lost Dark, where he where he had to be black and white to the Social Network score or something like that? And he said it still works really well, and it's like done to I've prove how good of a director um, Spielberg is. All right, sure, I know. Look, I, anyway, look, other look movies up, do this. But... Look up Steven Soderbergh Raiders of the Lost Dark. I hear there's like a cool cut of the movie out there that he encourages mm-hmm. people to watch. Anyway, um, we get a kind of a brief epilogue um the star destroyer is blowing up all across the galaxy ewoks but see why, it but but why because, because the only star destroyers that should be blowing up are the final order ones. i guess maybe they've maybe they've been the final order star star, yeah, star destroyers made their way throughout the rest of the galaxy i think we're probably supposed to assume that um okay. we get some resistance celebration claude's there so you know that's cool uh maz katana gives Chewy, what I think is his medal from A New Hope. <laughs> sure, yeah, um, it is. In which case, why did Leia have it? Why wouldn't Chewy just have it this whole time? Did Chewy give it back? I don't. Yeah, I don't they're know. like Chewy. We thought it'd be funny if we didn't give you a medal back then, mm-hmm. but we we made one for you. So yeah. here it is. Yeah. Um. So wait. Oh yeah. He wait. Yeah. He does get one at the end of A New Hope. Okay, no. Yeah. Oh no. no you're, you're, right, you're right. You're right. That's one of the biggest. Com- that's one of the biggest complaints. Well, either way, the moment the moment falls flat. Um. Lando flirts with Jenna. Oh my! I mean, it, God. I think it, it's not meant to be that, but it certainly comes off like that. Um, if listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna unleash Billy D. Williams on an unsuspecting lady, whether it's his daughter or not, she's you know it's Billy D. Williams. Um, he's like, "Where are you from?" She's like, "I don't know," and he's like, "Let's find out." <laughs> oh my God. I love it. No, oh, it's bad. If it's I guess supposed to suggest that she's his daughter, which is ugh, get out of here. Um, we get a little group hug between Ray Phone, uh, Ray Phone Finn. See, oh, almost did it, almost did it. All right, did do it. Um, Ray goes to Tatooine to bury Luke and Leia's lightsabers by his, um, by Uncle Owen's place, uh, and now she has her own like orange lightsaber. I kind of like her lightsaber. I mean, as someone who gives themselves, would often give themselves an orange lightsaber in the Jedi Academy or um, the Jedi games, um, I'm I'm a fan. Um, and a passerby asks no, her, her name. Stop, stop, what? stop, stop. Well, I need to interrupt you. You use the word passerby. 
How did you not use the words wizened crone? Old crone. Old crone. <laughs> wizened crone is there. Uh, I don't, who knows why? Who knows? Um, because, because it's supposed to mirror the moment where she gets asked her family name before. Um, she sees Luke and Leia's four spirits in the distance and she says, my name is Ray Skywalker. Oh my God. Dud. And movie ends. Oh, we did it. Over. Yeah. Yay. Aaron, what works? Um, very little. Um, the, the Coliseum of Sith ghouls. Um, we get the fun lightsaber passing moment. I will say the breakneck speed works for the film just to make it watchable. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I would say the same thing. Um, sort of, I mean, I think, I guess it's funny how bad it is sometimes. Uh, Claude obviously works. Um, you know, as we can all agree, uh, in the moment where, uh, where Ray and Kylo kind of bond at the end or uh, the force, um, exchange with the lightsabers is, is pretty cool. And I mentioned a couple other things of the movie I, I liked, but overall, I mean, this is like, I just re-rated it on Letterboxd for, for anyone who gives any credibility to ratings whatsoever. I had it at a two out of five. Um, I dropped it to a one and a half out of five. This, wow, is, a, this is a bad okay. movie. This is a really bad movie. This is like almost uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice bad. I mean, that movie's worse. They're both bad. I think it. Worse. I think it is worse, but this they're pretty. They're both pretty bad. Um, how about you, John? What works for you? Yeah, I don't. I tried to approach it as because I didn't want me to just be like complaining about what Star Wars is now or what you know, how this isn't like Empire Strikes Back. I tried to approach it as a movie on its own. And it was interesting because I think there's some fun Star Wars moments in it, but you're right. It's just an unremarkable movie. It looks good. The acting's fine. I love playing Spot the Lost characters. <laughs> I like the Force The force FaceTiming and the Force healing is new. The whole creating life has always been a big part of Star Wars, so I don't really mind it that much. C-3PO has actually something to do in this movie because he didn't in Return of the Last Jedi and that was annoying. Although he needs to shut up. He like he really needs to stop talking. It's fun when he pipes in like an Empire in other movies, but like he we can't go a second without him reminding you that he got his memory wiped. <laughs> and he just and he just keeps spouting off dialogue. Um there's Bobby Frick, he's my oldest friend. But I know Bobby okay, that, funny. That got me, yeah, that got a laugh out of me. Um, there's a scene, I'm kind of just going all over. There's a scene where Chewbacca is carrying BB-8 up. They're walking up like a cliff and he's carrying him. And it just goes to show you how useless BB-8 is. <laughs> um, yeah, as a, and as a movie, it just feels like um, any like generic Marvel film that came out. I'm using that as an example because they're both Disney films. It reminds me of like, like a very loose plot and you the plot moves whether or not it want with the characters whether or not you want it to and it's like wayfinders and, and leaving maps to places i don't know why jj abrams is a huge fan of that like luke <laughs> left a map and then the wayfinder and then we gotta and then like you know we've only got 16 hours to do this um yeah by the, the first half was was fun it reminds me and again i go back to what what do i like most about star wars it's when i can imagine myself playing with my action figures and flying the ships and battles and everything like the first half sums that up pretty well it's the friends going from planet to planet and the last half is just like big space war and and palpatine just talking i like kylo ren's i'm I'm pissed he died but i don't know what else you do with that character yeah i feel like he had Um, to die yeah no it's 
it's the rise of skywalkers everything i knew it was mm-hmm. this rewatch did not really change anything or yeah. um make me hate it anymore or make me appreciate it any more than i did um, it doesn't work for you what doesn't work um palpatine getting revealed in fortnite and then just all of a sudden <laughs> he's there at the beginning i, I wrote down the opening crawl fortnite, stupid, I, but I, about say, that. I think all the opening crawls are kind of dumb um they're 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 cheese fests that's for sure yeah yeah um the like the the fan service like don't you know here's the ewoks here's cloud city um raising his x-wing out of the water which there's no way that thing works anymore (laughs) yeah um yeah they're just like minor nitpicks as a whole there's really no like particular thing that pisses me off so much is just the movie as existing in this in the state that it does yeah upsets me yeah i would say for me it's like the really the whole existence of the movie doesn't work um <laughs> palpatine the non-use of rose lack of um direction of the of the movie and of the the pre the sequels um the retconning um and above all nan nub dying yeah of course um i'm gonna say the frankenstein leia scenes um <laughs> and how they shoehorn their friendship in Don't yeah like it yep yeah yeah um would we want to or how would this work as a video game because uh there is not a rise of skywalker video game how would we do it i'd probably do it in like this you know like the we've talked about this multiple times and i might have done this for attack of the clones too i can't remember but i mean there were a lot of attack of the clones video games we don't live in that era anymore like they're not making they're not adapting movies into video games as much anymore that's a very that's like very time and place i have a big like nostalgia for that era even though i didn't play a lot of them like the, the the lord of the rings games are kind of like the pinnacle of that love those and I wish there was like a GameCube PlayStation 2 era version of this. I it would probably be this 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 whole like movie like going from planet to planet and doing this stuff almost works better as just like an experiment of a video game rather than it does like an actual intentional movie to conclude a trilogy. Like yeah, agreed. The, those these types of tasks this breakneck speed it makes more sense as a game. And so I I would like that kind of a video game. Third person um kind of mishmash of stuff. I mean I would that said, if it had existed, I wouldn't play it. But no, yeah. yeah, I agree. It works better. I think it almost works better as a video game. Like if you're, if I was a, playing a character, if I was playing, let's say Ray, going through all of the beats of the storyline, it almost seems more fun than just watching it. Kind of feels like it's just the whole movie is just watching like a cutscene. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't figure out a way to cram all the shit that happens in this movie into like a cohesive gameplay style. So I said like a Telltale type game where you're like making choices and maybe you could manipulate the ending or something. But the choices would always be like, be mad at Finn or don't be mad or like pick fight with (laughs) Poe or Or, like go after Ray or yeah, be, I don't know. I don't know how I would like to know more about what this would look like as a telltale uh, telltale game. Yeah, me too. But like the movie, like you guys mentioned is there's just so much going on. Like, how do you, the only other thing I could think was like a GTA like on Kajimi. Um, but that would just be Kajimi. <laughs> oh God! But well, we work? all like Kijimi's we all love Kajimi so much. Remember when we cried when it got destroyed? Yeah, I was really upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you want to live in the world of this film, specifically the Rise of Skywalker? And we're not saying the Star Wars universe. <laughs> oh, we're saying well, a Rise I of mean, Skywalker. I guess then no, because I don't want to have to contend with the First Order. I got to tell you, the Final Order uh, threatens the galaxy. I'm not showing up. Oh good, no! Hell good no. luck. Yeah. I'll be with no, my like ransacking houses. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I'd rather be dead than live in this movie. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, John. Wow. Would rather be dead. Okay. I like that. That's like, the meaning, first time anyone I, said this. <laughs> I wish that I had been, you know, that um, the Hosnian system that gets destroyed in Force Awakens. I wish I was like on that barely with everybody being like, what's that? <laughs> what's going on? And then I just cease to exist for the rest of the trilogy. Fair enough. Um, I love it. Well, that's John's, that's John's fan fiction. <laughs> Beyond um, the balcony. The whole movie, I don't understand what the bad guys and good guys really wanted. Power. Like, Good guys just want to not be power. taken over. I don't know. We we all want power. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if I do. I don't need it that badly. <laughs> well, um, yeah. so did you find any fan fiction, James? I did. Um, there is a lot of they screwed this trilogy yeah. up. So I'll show you how it's done because I am a professional <laughs> fan fiction writer and I can do it better. Um, and the ways in which they're doing that are a kind of entertaining. Um, I, I have three examples. Um, well, really two. Two of them are very similar. One of them is just like his his main thing was like introducing pride earlier. He has this like comments, this like annotation. Like I thought like they kind of just randomly introduced him into the movie. Uh, and there's a big problem. And so I want to show his association with Palpatine earlier. And I'm like, sure, that is the problem with the movie. <laughs> That's it. Um, and then there's a good deal of misogyny, anti-Ray stuff where they're like, this, this one's called the true rise of Skywalker. Uh, it just was like, Ray should have died. Ben should have been the true Skywalker heir. And so he like retcons the entire ending to change that. Um, I also like how they think they're fixing the ending, but when killing Ray makes her entire arc and the trilogy's whole focus on her pointless. Pointless. Um, yeah. and then yeah, there was there were like one or two others that I found that did that exact same thing. Yeah, I found one that does pretty much what you were talking about. It's called Star Wars Episode Nine: The True Rise of Skywalker. No, yeah, that's that's the one I found. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit from it because I think some of the things they wrote are ridiculous. Um, I've decided to use the script to rewrite the throne room and elements of the final battle to be more respectful to the Skywalkers. Yeah, they're not on. they're not real people. They don't exist. <laughs> I'm also going to slightly rewrite the very ending on Tatooine. The script I'm using are transcripts I found on a site called No Site Listed, while also getting some movie info from another site called IMDb. I'm glad that you're telling us about IMDb. This is this is one of my favorite things. Disclaimer. I do not own Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, script, or any of its dialogue, and never will. <laughs> Which is so sad. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, let me just read this sentence. Um, she would turn out to be, to Ben Shock, Palpatine's granddaughter, or rather his daughter, since she was the daughter of his clone. See, I told you guys. Yeah. And her real name was Shira Elena Kalana Palpatine. Yeah, what? I saw that Great. too. What the heck? Great. Great. Sure. Um, yeah. So fan fiction. Yeah, a lot of a I, lot of rewrite. I don't think it. I don't think this. Uh, I think the general Star Wars world, of course, warrants fan fiction. I think the whole sequel stuff and sequel adjacent stuff doesn't warrant it. Um, I I don't want to do it, and so I'm going to take a very not serious approach to my fan fiction. Which and you actually, I almost said it earlier when you 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 made a joke about the Knights of Ren being bros. I want some locker room talk with the Knights of Ren and Kylo. Before oh they're about God, to yes. go out and start like killing people, yeah, I just want to know what they're. I don't want to know what they're talking about. Yes, I would love that. Um, yeah, I guess my fan fiction would be. I don't know more about. Yeah, like probably yours. Like more about younger Kylo Ren or Kylo Ren's machinations <clears throat> within the first slash final order. 
I don't know. I, yeah. I just I don't feel like this movie warrants fan fiction. Like you said, Star Wars in general, of course. But like, yeah, this and anything sequel related. I want. I, I agree. I want an odd couple relationship with Poe and Claude. Also, I I'm just them just like on the chip together. Uh, I just I just want a romance between Finn and Janna because they just click so well. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you think, John? Does the does this uh, movie warrant fan fiction? Do you have anything in mind for what you would do for fan fiction? I guess if I were to change anything, I would have to start at the very beginning of the sequel trilogy, make a plan and and stick with it. But um, I mean, yeah, there's there's mo- it has its moments and there's some things that work and you can kind of, you know, it, it's unfair for me to say like I like 50 percent of the movie, the other 50 percent I can do better. I feel like like for emotional beats, like there has to be that final confrontation at the end. Um, so you can't avoid that and there's got to be a space battle i really don't know where i would even start yeah (laughs) to be honest with you it's kind of a it's kind of such like a mess i can't build anything off of it yeah like i said i'd like the first half i think we joked about how oh now they're friends now the friends are going off that's kind of what i wanted most of the trilogy so i'm glad that that happened but too little too late. i don't know yeah too little too late well, that was Rise of Skywalker. Yep, I think we did yeah, it. Was. I think I think we did it. Yeah, we put this beast to rest. Um, what have you been doing lately, John? What have you been playing? I saw you were you've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hop on Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I think I've been I've been, I haven't been playing much of it recently. I'm afraid to like beat the game, like get all of the do all the dungeons and everything, because then I feel like I'm never going to touch it again. Um, I am kind of going through like end of year movies i watched the killer this week which was excellent yeah um and i still have a lot more movies to finish for the end of the year before i can come out with a list which will probably be like around february i rewatched the hateful eight a couple days ago which is just fun such a silly silly movie um but uh no besides that not too much else yeah, I I also I need to start seeing some other stuff for the end of the year. Um, I, like I really Wonka. Wa- yeah, no, I really not. actually want to see Wonka. I know you do. Yeah, of course you do. Um, I uh, let's see, Moran and I uh, rewatched the uh, 1977 Hobbit cartoon, which I still think is great. Um, mainly for nostalgia reasons, I've been watching it um since I was like five. Um, I saw the movie Monster, uh, which I will say really nothing about other than I highly recommend it. Not the Charlize Theron movie, but the 2023 Japanese film. I uh, loved it. Um, video game wise, um, been playing Blasphemous, almost done with that. I'll probably start Blasphemous too. I also started the a game in the Shantae series. Aaron, are you familiar with it? I am familiar with it. I have not dipped my toes. I, I picked the one that was seemed like the most like Game Boy Advance graphics, even though it was like a 3DS era game. Big fan of the graphics. The soundtrack slaps. Um, I'm having a good time with it. I hear they're really good. I just haven't played one. Yeah, I I, I liked it. I like it so far. How about you, Aaron? Um, I started playing this real pile of shit called Super Mario RPG. Get out of here. <laughs> We'll we'll have this con- we'll have this conversation some other time. No, I uh, I'm enjoying myself, but uh, I think without the lens of nostalgia, it's just like kind of charming, but pretty simple. And I I don't know, I don't have much else to say about it. Um, I've also been playing Hogwarts Legacy still. That's a pile of shit. What are you talking that's a about? Pi- now that's a pile of shit. It is a pile of shit, but it's a pile of shit I cannot stop playing. <sighs> yeah. 
and then in terms of watching things um still plugging away american horror story um haven't seen really a lot of movies lately um yeah yeah well we've got one coming up harry potter 4 (laughs) well i mean before that you want to reveal what we're gonna do next uh no oh (laughs) (laughs) okay okay be a grinch about it i will be a grinch about it it'll be a surprise for the people okay i mean they will be surprised but i guess maybe there's a similar theme sort of to, to this one um yeah you could say that well maybe yeah uh, is that's it star all... wars no it's not no no no, no oh. but it, it's it's, an, it's something i wish was a franchise there's <laughs> my take um save it else? for the episode you crazy kid yeah yeah um john thank you so much uh for doing yeah, this you, uh we'd love to have you back thank on you another time um i'm sure we'll do other star wars or if there's anything um you feel really passionate about video game or movie wise you want to do let us know and um you know we'll we'll tell you we're gonna do it and then it'll happen a year later that seems yeah. to happen a lot. For sure. No, I Blame, appreciate being our with you guys. Thank you so much. Aaron, what do you have to say? James. What? <clears throat> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs>